battles of the page and the past. This is Victorical. Good morning, good evening, or good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to Victorical. I'm Bailey, and I'm virtually looking at two beautiful bastards, Amac and Petey. What's going on, fellas? What's happening, man? It's been a while, guys. Been a hot minute. Been a real hot minute. Turns out in quarantine, shit comes up, and you know, you can't always get back to podcasts with your friends, but here we are. We're doing it now. Yep. Yeah, it's been what? Since we've recorded an other than the, the train wreck that was the power hour, uh, <laughs> shout out to anybody who ground through that. But uh, yeah. it has been a hot minute. It's been almost a month. What's happened in that past month? We've uh, we've been locked in our homes pretty much for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You thought you'd have all this free time and it turns out you've got a lot of shit to do. Yep. yep. Still a lot of shit to do. You're at your house, so you have projects you want to work on all the time. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. It's been the turn of the kind of spring to summer. So you get all your like, you know, you got to start mowing, you got to work on your landscaping. You had to fucking clean up your crib from the outside so you don't look like the piece of shit in the neighborhood. You know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So, that time of year. Time, yeah. My wife bought a sewing machine today and I had no idea how much sewing machines cost, it turns out. Like, Good on her. I got, these, I got all these projects I want to do. I'm like, yeah, fuck it. Go buy a sewing machine. And then she told me how much it was and I went, what the fuck did you say? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, well, that's now you're a, all set though. So yeah, that's a quality investment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. good. She knows how to use it. I don't know how to use it. That's good. You're Did she set. take like a lot of home ec classes or something? She uh, made her prom dress her senior year of high school. Oh, you know what? Damn. Good on her. Good, good on, on her. her. She knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. I, do I had to sew my wife's uh, bikini top back together not that long ago. She's like, uh, I'm going to have to buy a new bikini top. And I was like, nope, I'll sew that bitch right back up. <laughs> I would uh, over. I'd pay good money to see that, Amac. You sewing a bikini top. It was a botch job, but it's fun. it was functional. So <laughs> hey, that's really all that mattered. So, yeah. So, well, in case this is your first time tuning to Victorical, we don't just talk about Amac sewing bikinis. Uh, <laughs> we like to discuss battles from both fiction and history. Thus, the title "Fiction Plus Historical" equals "Fictorical." Uh, you could argue that it should have been "Fiction Plus History," but that would have been a title that is "Fistory," which <laughs> that's know, a totally different so, podcast. That's a, that's a totally yeah, different, totally different. Game. We don't have to say what it is, but it's a totally different topic. So let's just say the demographic we would have gotten, not who we're looking for. No, yep. So "Fictorical" of, it is a lot of leather wearing folk in the fistory uh, <laughs> in the fistory section. So. Anyways, we cover battles from all over the place, trying to hit different topics each week. We'll take, break down the players, the tactics, the weapons, all while sharing a laugh and a beer or two, or whatever beverage we deem necessary. What are we drinking, boys? Oh, I brought the bottle over with me. A bottle? A bottle Jeez. of what? Oh, dude. Oh, uh, damn. All right. I got some whiskey. My thoughts, my thoughts were I don't get up and move, so I'll just stay here and I'll keep pouring myself. Big old three finger glasses of whiskey while we're doing this thing. Yeah, there it is. Thing ice there. God, Petey, don't fuck around. Yep. God damn, it is. There it is, guys. I only brought two. Not a game. I only brought two Miller lights to this party. That's not enough. Nope. See, we didn't do our normal meet and greet like friends uh, happy hour yesterday, so I didn't drink yesterday. So tonight's my drinking night. There it is. (laughs) I'm on the same boat. If you guys have a chance. 
my wife showed me a really funny uh, uh, thing that um, Caleb's, uh, this may be off topic, his fiance posted. And it's like yeah. a, a detailed oh, schedule Caleb's of Caleb's schedule. day. Yeah. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It's really fucking good. He's putting in the yeah. hours. Yeah. He's putting in the, the labor. There's Did at she the, put it at on the Facebook? End of, yeah, yeah. At the end of uh, one of the end ones is like like it's like nine thirty to ten thirty slash twelve thirty slash one thirty. It just says cod with the boys. <laughs> <laughs> If you're listening to this layman, shout out to you, you lazy piece of shit. Yeah. Get fucked. <laughs> tell your tell your fiance she did a good job with that post. It's good good tweet. Good, good tweet. tweet. That's great. Well, if if you're a returning customer, uh, we appreciate the continuing support. I know yeah. we haven't posted in a bit, but we did hit a thousand listens a couple weeks ago. So that was pretty exciting. Was it a couple weeks ago? Was it last week? I don't know. It's two oh it's two weeks. Two weeks ago. Yeah, we hit one K and I right now I don't Which know is, where we're at, but that's fucking that's insanity. That's yeah. crazy crazy thank you truly thank you we made this for a handful of people that we talk to on a regular basis and the fact that a bunch of strangers are listening to us drink for an hour straight god bless you yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> take that to the bank so if you're enjoying it keep uh keep hitting that subscribe listen or leave us a review and now we're into it shall we shall we hit this week's topic or are we ready for- mm-hmm. oh yeah so we've been gone for a while but just like this week's topic uh, when you think we're gone, we come back with a vengeance. <laughs> yeah, that today, ain't no shit. <laughs> today, we're taking you all the way back to the 14th century, where we'll be dis- dissecting a battle of man versus fleas, fear, and the unknown. Mm-hmm. The world was in the clutches of a pandemic, but not just any pandemic. It was the deadliest pandemic of all time. It struck Europe in the years of 1346 to 1351, and in that time, consumed 60% of Europe's population. Just murked them. Just fucking dead. Yeah, just shoot him up. Yeah. <laughs> it killed some 25 to 50 million people in Europe. Numbers, we, we're not, we won't be certain about numbers, but uh, yeah, it, it's hard to get a total body count, but some, some estimates range all the way up to 200 million worldwide. Believe it or not, in the 14th century, not a lot of records. <laughs> yeah, no, turns not out. Not a lot of records. Not a lot of people reading and writing in the 14th century. They went back to pull the hospitals, and they just there wasn't anything there. They're just like, well, we <laughs> got anything. We got nothing. What, what's, a, what's a hospital? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you haven't guessed it, guys, we are talking about the granddaddy death machine of them all, the Black Death. Such a good topic, man. So good. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's very pre- uh, relevant to our, our current yeah. times that we're going through. It was one of those topics where when I started my research, it was like, uh, there's so much stuff to go through. You're kind of like, you know, you're daunted by how much information there is to start reading. But then you started, you're like, God damn, it's just not some, some of the most interesting stuff you're going to look over. Mm-hmm. They, they did what? Even yeah. some of the reenactments I watched were like gut-wrenchingly eerie like you can yeah. sort of we're just into enough of this like this realm or space that it, it, it hit home a lot yeah like, oh, for sure fuck that's rough <laughs> i watched the bbc documentary as one of my sources that uh like they had actors playing real people mm-hmm. doing like reading reading out their shit so it's like a guy doing a monologue in front of the camera dressed in like period stuff it's like and then my whole family died yeah and i was left alone it's like oh Jeesh. Yeah. So, so your whole family died. Took all the children. Ooh. Well, it's the way she goes, I guess. Yep. Some days you're the dog. Some days you're the hydrant. (laughs) (laughs) 
Some days you're a dog eating a dead, plague-ridden corpse. Yep. <laughs> gotta get, gotta get your meat where you can get it. We're not that far off ourselves, boys. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, before we get too far into it, Amac, why don't you, you know, spin us off with a fact check? It's time for the fact checky. Thou art incorrect. Alrighty. Fact check's going to be a little different this week. We went through Hoth in the last uh, episode, Star Wars battle. Turns out when we do the fictional battles, we've all seen the movie 30 to 40 times and we don't miss much. <laughs> it's kind of a lay in. So instead, we're, most of this is going to be from our Power Hour episode, which if you haven't listened to, maybe do. Maybe save yourself the... <laughs> maybe don't. I don't know. Your call. Uh, no. No, no. Tell them to listen to it. You need to get yourself about eight beers and go and sit down and give yourself one hour's time and you should mm-hmm. drink along with us because I'll tell you this much. The more you drink, the in, the more interesting we're going to sound. Yeah, yeah you're probably best served facts. to knock out two, three beers before you even get going. And yeah, come then with a buff hour. hour. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Exactly. So, <laughs> all right. The first thing I want to cover because this was factually inaccurate during the actual podcast. Uh, I didn't actually throw up at the end of the podcast. That's not true. <laughs> oh, there's a there's a very fine line between throwing up and spitting up, which <laughs> spitting up is when your stomach fills up too much. And you just sort of burp out the extra liquid, which is what occurred very clearly. I just wanted to clear that up and make sure that everybody got that. It was not a throw up. So, it was a spit up. Too much liquid. So what liquid. you're saying is, yeah. So it was like a bowl full of soup and you put too much soup in the bowl. So it spilled right, just at spilled, the top. Yeah. It's a yeah. quick spill. Just a little spill. Or like, or like you got a water bottle, you know, like one of those squeezy Gatorade bottles and you like bump it on something and it just squirts out the top a little bit. That's all that happened. So just an ejaculation of... Just a, just a little <laughs> premature ejaculate yeah. of vomit. Yeah, exactly. The second one is that you guys criticized me for uh, saying that the the rye pieces in Gardettos are called Melba Toast. Those are indeed called Melba Toast. And in fact, the official definition of Melba Toast is a dry, crispy, thin-sliced piece of toast, sometimes served with super salad. Just saying. Definitely a melbourne. Uh, look at us. I'm just saying today. I've never heard those words in my it's, entire life. It is 100% true. There's not a single time I've sat down at the kitchen table my, with a piping bowl of soup. And my mom's like, Melba toast is on the side. <laughs> not happen. <laughs> that didn't happen. Uh, and then the last one is we, <laughs> the most ridiculous shit ever. We all, t- we all agreed that from 120 pound to 130 pound deer, you could get 80 pounds of meat. This was deep in the podcast. And we we're like, yeah, we should kill. We should go hunt a deer this year. <laughs> we thought that 80 pounds of meat was the correct amount of meat from 100. It's more like 40 pounds. We were about about 50% off there. So in, that, in those numbers, we're saying that a deer has only got like 30 pounds of, or uh, 40 pounds of organs, bone, and everything yeah, else. Exactly. Inside. Water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah, we were just far enough into that power hour to think that math was right. Hey, yep. man, we were probably about five, six deep by that point. Yeah. So I think we At get least, the benefit yeah. of the doubt. No. You think I would know that after killing deer in my life and actually you know butchering them and getting the meat but then yeah exactly like 80 pounds the, of meat is so much meat that's a lot of meat yeah, a lot of meat. <laughs> so and that's it all right well as we'll find out the black death was a nasty time but with that being said it did have a few positive uh end results one of them that i found was uh interesting was that the massive loss of life led to increased wages for the survivors uh, less people that had to pay them more to work, uh, which led to increased purchasing power, yada, yada, yada. 
more ale was being drunk and being bought, so more taverns and alehouses came to be. So the Black Ooh. Death kind of had a hand in developing the modern-day English pub. I don't know. No I don't shit. know if that's All legit, right. but I'm going to say it is. I say count it. Or modern-day European alcoholism. Hey, you know? <laughs> Whichever which one you want to American look at. alcoholism. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> so my toast today is to silver linings. Silver linings of the Black Death and also of this coronavirus. Who fucking knows what good things will come? Cheers, boys. Bye, bye. Cheers, boys. All right. With that, I think the first thing we're going to touch on is just some some brief overview of what exactly the plague is and kind of how mm-hmm. a little bit of how it started, how we think there. I don't think there's any, I never found any exact data on how, like they don't have a, a confirmed source of how it started. They just have theories and then they do know right. the region. So we'll kick it off with kind of what the plague is. So the plague is a, a, a bacterial strand called Yerisina pestis. Uh, it manifests in a handful of different manners, which we'll get to uh, here in just a few minutes. And uh, a lot of those uh, came to be and, and showed a lot during the Black Death. Uh, has several stages. So uh, it often starts, though, with a lymphatic infection. Probably the most common is called the bubonic plague, or th- that's what you would hear. And that's, I would say that's probably the most common. Is that That's fair? the term that most people are familiar with. Like the yeah. shit that you're going through right now, this is, this is good because I'm going to go out on a limb. Most people don't know this shit. Yeah. I didn't know most of this stuff before doing all this research. You hear bubonic plague and you think, oh, that's that's the Black Death. It's the exact same thing. So it's not necessarily, it's just it's just a a, a type per se. Yeah, yeah, and it's the, also the, the uh, yeah, it's it's the most like visually striking um, aspect of the plague because your lymph nodes swell up in a, like a violent manner, they like almost like the size of eggs. Sometimes they get very <laughs> large and swollen. So it was a kind of a traumatic thing to see somebody go through. A couple of uh, sources I saw said that at the most extreme, they would be the size of apples. <sighs> yeah. Yep. That's Just fucking a rough. Nice old Oof. black apple dangling off your neck. Little goiter. Yeah. Mm. Goiters are gross, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so picking up a case of this often uh, during the Black Death w- would basically result in death. Was, people are saying upwards of 90%. Uh, again, the numbers on it are pretty rough, but uh, some people are saying upwards of 90% of people who picked it up. Um, uh, kind of got nuked. So damn. Mm-hmm. The things you got to remember about everything that we're going to say during this podcast: there are firsthand accounts, there is primary source documents to a lot of this stuff. But again, they didn't fully understand it, so there's a lot of conjecture based on modern scientists and historians interpreting data from this period. Yeah, yeah, yep. and the data is still changing. Um, you know, like they're still like as they develop new stuff. There's like, oh, maybe this isn't what we've what's been right the whole time, you know? Right. And we're also just a couple of three assholes. So, you know, believe us if you like, <laughs> yeah, if exactly. not, fuck off. I mean, we don't care. No, no medical background whatsoever <laughs> between the three of us. <laughs> I got a wife that's in the healthcare field. So that means that I know, that, that, you know yeah, I know about that healthcare. makes you resident Boom. expert on healthcare. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mom, the depth of my knowledge goes to, she'll come home and like run off that she took care of these people and all these different things happen. And I'm sitting there going, Man, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. PD's a doctor. <laughs> All right. So this, uh, obviously, what we're going to get into is this uh, this little fella, this this plague virus, or uh, I'm sorry, this plague bacteria actually is going to it's going to cause a handful of pandemics over the course of history. We're going to talk primarily about one, but it it does damage at several different times. So real quick before we get into uh, the types of plague, just want to touch on sort of the 
the terminology of pandemic. Uh, I think right now I've heard, I've heard the COVID thing described as a pandemic and epidemic, but it's really it, it really is a pandemic. The scale of it is what matters. Epidemic is uh, pandemic is more broad sped or kind of across like multiple countries, even continents. And a uh, epidemic is closer to or being like large communities or groups. Gotcha. More like it can even be into like a religious group, racial group, geographic group, any of those kind of things. For instance, the the actual initial spread of COVID in Wuhan was considered an epidemic, not a pandemic. Then once it kind of shit on everybody, yeah, I, uh, I don't think I, I knew like the when when I I remember the day when like the WHO announced that it became it was officially a pandemic. I didn't really realize the scope or the the level of shit that we were about to experience. But, when they're telling you, hey, bro. Yeah, uh, batting down the hatches. Shit's about to get real. Yep. Yep. Fit's about to hit the shan. Yeah. Yeah. Back then, they didn't have things like the who, or they didn't have words like pandemic. Oh no, no. They're like they got Man. a guy telling a guy <laughs> he heard some shit about some shit. Uh huh. God's mad at us, bro. Did you hear about India? <laughs> the fuck is India? What are you talking about? What in the fuck is in India? <laughs> we'll get to all that. We'll get to all that. Yeah. So anyways, just one other quick term to touch on is endemic. Endemic is re- is more or less a reference to a, a area or a smaller group that consistently deals with a, a problem like malaria in certain subcontinents of the world or primarily in Africa is uh, is considered like it's endemic in that part of the world. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. All right, so let's touch on the types of plague. Like we started to talk about a little bit is the bubonic component, and that's the lymphatic infection uh, that starts by getting into your lymph nodes, and it causes like a really gnarly swelling of your lymph nodes, primarily in like your hips, uh, kind of above your your genitals, and then underneath your armpits, uh, kind of like in your pecs. And then for some reason, and I don't know why this is, but it really didn't favor the neck as much. Like that's was the kind of the last area that it would infect. It really the armpits were like the first, which is odd. I've never I read think, like a great explanation for. And that's a really good point because with with most modern you know viral infections and shit like that, like like strep and stuff, when people hear lymph nodes, they automatically think yeah, of the ones that are directly neck. below their jaw yeah. because those are the ones that you're used to. Mm-hmm. Like getting like sore in your armpits and in your groin, it, it, it can happen when you're sick. But thinking about like a fucking baseball size cyst popping out Whoa. of your fucking armpit, nah, hard fucking pass. Well, bro, you've dude. seen like the the artwork. I mean, they have like artwork from that mm-hmm. time where people are just covered in buboes like mm. that, that aren't even tied to the lymph nodes so that's right it's just, uh, just pop onto their skin yeah and i mean who knows who knows how like truthful any of that artwork is or if that's just a fucking dramatization of it but no it's not all 100 like true fucking jackson Pollock yeah just you. oozing oozing juices all right the second uh is the septicemic plague I believe septicemic is that how you guys would pronounce yep. that? Say word? that five yep. times fast, Jesus. Yeah, that was rough. Um, <laughs> and this is when the plague would get into your bloodstream. Uh, probably caused, in my opinion, the worst symptom of the plague, which is the fact that the tips of your fingers and toes would just mm-hmm. begin to rot like you were a fucking zombie. 
Like, Ugh. they would just it, get gay. It reminded me of frostbite. Like, look yeah. at the pictures of it. It looks like the people have, like, extreme frostbite and their limbs are about to fall off. But you're dead on. They have, like, those zombie blackened tip fingers. It's mm-hmm. fucking weird. Like, man. your fingernails fall out, <clears throat> rot out, and then your, like, fingertips get black. I mean, isn't, isn't that a disgusting. thing that's going on with COVID right now as well? Like, they call it the COVID toes because, like, the... Uh, I think it's like a side effect of being on a ventilator or something for that long. Really? The, the, the really? Oxygen isn't making it to your fingers and toes. Holy so shit. you get, I mean, I could be totally talking out of my ass on this. We better, that's all right. You can fact check me on this one next time. I'm John, I'm a up. doctor and I say <laughs> it's clear. <laughs> Resident doctor, thing. can we get your opinion? <laughs> Dr. Petey? Thumbs up. <laughs> uh, so, and, uh, well, so this is uh, also caused like a rotting smell. Mm. In your fingers and toes, people would often Tasty. call that the the plague stench. Got the plague um, stench. Like I, th- I think the septic semic is the one that led to like it would like lock your hands up too, right? Like yeah. you, like you'd claw claw up. Yep. You get like a little like a little uh, hand. Mm-hmm. Get yeah. that dinosaur hand. Petey knows. You remember that old old T Rex arms. <laughs> old yeah, T Rex arms. <laughs> and then the last and probably the most deadly component or stage or type is uh pneumonic and that is when it gets in your lungs which once it gets in your lungs it starts causing a pretty violent cough you start coughing up all kinds of gross shit and then it eventually forces you into respiratory shock much like honestly a a lot of that's at least my understanding of how a lot of people end up dying of covid is that it it, it affects your lungs and you go into respiratory Mm -hmm. shock and and pass but uh unlike the bubonic and september septicemic this is the only one that could actually be spread human to human once it got in your lungs you could cough it onto other people and mm-hmm. it would it spread. and this is the one that was probably the most um endemic in terms of like spreading from person to person right yeah because yeah by this point it's not about the fleas or anything like that if we're all sitting in a room together and i cough i just put it into the air and you can both get sick just like yep. that right yep you wonder if yeah, the septicemic wow. like if you can like you know if it's like uh blood if you got your blood on somebody else how that yeah, would but work if you were if you like if they're you blood. Know, yeah. all the like, heroin like, addicts of the 14th century yeah were. if they're sharing <laughs> needles you know if it's like a <laughs> hiv of the time yeah <laughs> oh man oh man you shot me man <laughs> all right so that kind of leads us into how uh the primary method of spread for this was and, and we'll talk about that and then also kind of where it originated so and ironically, uh, most people do think that it started in China. And ironically, <laughs> turns out most major global pandemics coming out of fucking China. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be racist. I'm not trying to be controversial. Uh, these are fucking facts. Yeah. The numbers don't lie. It started in the Tian Shan mountain range, which is in northwest China. Kind of a remote area of China. Nailed that pronunciation, by the way. Nailed it. Yep. There are several theories as to sort of how it started. Um, the most common seems to be, at least from what I've read, that they it basically was laying dormant in China for or in northwest China for years, and there was people getting it there, but it never had a vehicle to escape until they began opening up trade routes uh, to go through that area. And once they did that, uh, it started to spread. Now, how it spread is that uh, fleas tend to carry it, and fleas uh, generally are hosts on or are generally the parasite on a rat, but the uh, as they opened up trade routes, fleas would get on humans, and then they would infect humans. Kind of a disgusting way to actually um, infect people is that the fleas it's would get the bacteria nasty. in their gut, 
and it would like clog them up. And so they would panic and try to find a new host. And when they found that new host, they'd bite that host and basically like vomit in them, right? It's like a yeah. bloodstream, and that's more or mm-hmm. less how they'd pick it up. It's like a stomach like staple. It, like, bl- yeah. right. it, it blocks up their guts so they can't, like they're not processing the stuff that they're eating. And then they go into starvation mode and they go into a frenzy of like trying to bite shit. And then they like bite and throw up and then boom, you're sick with it. That's like what a wild, what a man. fucked up thing to be developed by nature. Like <laughs> yeah, what a <laughs> right. terrible thing. Like god damn. Also, without any reasonable uh, medical background or knowledge of how things work, what an impossible thing to figure out. Oh yeah, Think about the right? people back then. Like, who the fuck would have thought that was how the plague was spreading? Yeah, like, that makes oh, no yeah. sense whatsoever. Angry God we're, versus that? Yeah, I would have bought Angry God yeah, nine times yeah, out of I'm ten. I'm Angry God all day. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, we're going to get into it later on, but it took them 500 years to figure that out. Mm. From like, from the, well, actually, to, from the first outbreaks of um, Yersinia pestis until they figured out where it came from, we're talking uh, 1,300 years. Jesus. Bruh. Turns out yeah. they did not fully understand medicine. Yeah. So. I mean, and, and yeah. Vomiting fleas, like, I mean, vomiting fleas. What are how are you gonna guess that? What are that? fleas? Yeah, what are you know, fleas? You know what I mean? I don't even Fair see play a flea. nature. Fair play <laughs> yeah. nature. You got it. Snuck that one in on us. Yeah, Mother Nature is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. With that, I think we're gonna toss it into kind of our initial manifestation of the uh, of the plague. Yeah. So with. The disease that we're talking about, it it actually comes in three pretty significant different waves. So the Black Death in itself, it can be argued, is actually the second like major wave of um, Yersinia pestis, the bacterium that we're actually ta- talking about. So we're starting here with the first actual outbreak, which is called the Plague of Justinian, or the Justinian Plague, because... This is seen as the first historically recorded outbreak of Yersinia pestis. So that's the same bacterium that causes the Black Death. And this is based around accounts of the plague symptoms and the way it spread. So basically, modern historians and doctors and virologists have looked at them explaining the plague of Justinian and have decided that this is actually the same thing. So the reason they believe that the plague of Justinian is tied to the same you know, the same bacterium is because Yersinia pestis DNA has also been found on human remains in mass graves from this event. So they've gone into these huge graves, particularly in Constantinople, and found the same DNA strains on these skeletons. Which is outrageous that they have that ability. Yeah, the fucking skeletons and their teeth and shit, like... mm. Yeah. Imagine if somebody held a gun to our head and was like, hey, you gotta go test these skeletons for bacteria. would be like, all right, that's a wrap for us. There's no way we're going to, there's no, not a snowball chance in hell we can procure the knowledge to do that. But somebody knows. Somebody knows. So you just said that my first, my first thing was, okay, I'm going to crack the bone in half and like mush the, mush the marrow into some water and mix it around and look at it under a microscope. Maybe like, that's it. Put it with a, put it in your pestle and <laughs> grind that bitch right? mush it down. Make some guacamole out of those bones. <laughs> And while the Black Death is not actually a direct descendant of the same strain as Justinian's Plague, Justinian's Plague is actually possibly responsible for causing the mutation that leads to the Black Death. Mm. Like we're all ta- we're talking complete conjecture here, but they believe like Yersinia pestis 
comes out of China, makes its way to Constantinople, fucks up that city real good, kills a lot of people in India and Asia, and then it kind of like mutates, goes dormant again, then boom, comes back with a fucking vengeance. Basically uh, responsible for the downfall of Constantinople, right? Um, they, it, it leads to the um, degrading of the Eastern Roman Empire, and it's going to mm. lead to like the start of the Byzantine Empire. Mm. And it gets its name from Eastern Roman Emperor Justinian I, who was emperor when the plague actually breaks out. He himself actually contracts the disease and fucking survives, Damn. which is crazy. Hmm. Because at its height, it was killing fuck, man. Like five to 10,000 people a day in Constantinople. Damn. And what five is, to 10, is Constantinople? What is that modern day? Today, it's, it's modern day Istanbul. Istanbul, okay. So it's the Turkey. capital of Turkey. It'd be badass to go there. I know it's not like a safe place to go. It eh, sits on like the peak safe, of, but... of, is it the Black Sea? What is the sea that it sits mm-hmm. on? The, yeah, it, the, yep, the Black Sea. And it's, yeah. it's, the, it's the gateway from Asia to Europe because yeah. half the city sits in Europe. Half the city yep. sits in Asia. That's right. Yep. Be a dope ass place to visit, though. Just saying. Kirk's been there. Damn. No shit. Kirk. What a yeah my, yeah. my dad went there on business probably like four years ago. Damn. Really? He said it was, if like, he said if it was a more like comfortable and like acceptable place to go, he's like, it's the most interesting place I've ever been. I bet. It'd be awesome to go there. Oh, dude. Super cool. So, like we said, the plague originated in Central Asia, AKA China. <laughs> Before spreading west to Eurasia. And the way it originally spread was via like nomadic groups like the Huns, who were and you know, a key part in, you know, attacking the Roman Empire and a couple of like Eastern European civilizations. And the disease is gonna make its way to Constantinople in five forty one CE, and it makes its way there. This is gonna sound very familiar, aboard ships traveling from Egypt to Europe. So basically, these grain ships are traveling from Egypt to Constantinople, and rats aboard those ships have the disease on them. Boom. Makes its way into Constantinople. Couple fucking dirty rats, man. Couple little Mm. dirty rats. Yep. From making it to Constantinople, it's going to spread its way across the Mediterranean via most of the major trade routes. Again, this is all going to sound super familiar. But in Constantinople, it wipes out 45% of the population. Damn. Jesus. And on top of that, a quarter of the entire human population of the Eastern Mediterranean going to be killed. Damn. Boom. Wiped out. Between the seventh or 6th, 7th, and 8th centuries, it's going to come back a couple of different times. And eventually, it's going to be responsible for an estimated 25 to 100 million deaths. Okay. It's unreal. Yeah. And it, it doesn't get as bad as this until the actual Black Plague. Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound like a so fun that, time to be. Oh, Not a fun time dude. to be around. You have no idea what's going on or what's causing these things. You just people yeah. are just dying all of a sudden. Imagine the just confusion. Like, like you're doing it. You're trying to do everything you can. It's just not working. Yeah, right. You don't know. We're gonna get into it a lot more. You don't have ointments. You know, if I get like <laughs> yeah. a, a rash, I'm like, well, I'll put an ointment on that. Or if I got a sunburn, I'll put some aloe on that. But you know, there's no explanation for things back then. You're like, I'll put some cow shit on that. That'll help. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, you've already said it, and we're going to go over it again, but, like, people can't explain it. So, okay, what's the first thing? Obviously, it's God. God's God. Fu- fucking pissed, and he's coming for us. Yep. He's the ruler of the land at the time. So, the plague of Justinian comes back, as I said, across the next couple of centuries, and then it, it kind of tapers off because that particular strain of the bacterium, people build a 
kind of herd immunity towards it. So it doesn't, every time it comes back, it's not as deadly as it was the first time. And then it mutates and it comes back with a fucking vengeance. So that leads us into the origins of the actual Black Death. So sometime around the year 1300, the climate begins to get a lot hotter and drier in Central Asia. And because of this, millions of vermin, particularly black rats, leave their home territories in search of food because it basically causes a big drought and kills a lot of grain products. So it leads to famine, but it also leads to these vermin fleeing these areas to try and find more food. So when they do that, guess what? They find other areas to populate and they find people to eventually spread the disease to. And one of the main groups that they're going to spread it to is the uh, nomadic herders, the Mongols, who live on the vast plains of the interior of Asia Minor. So they find with these big groups of people, they find food and they also find hosts to pass the disease to. And these Mongol armies are actually going to catch the disease and also carry the rats. And they're going to follow along the Silk Road. And Mongol armies and traders are going to spread the disease from there through Eurasia. And eventually it's going to make its way to the Mediterranean. So sea traders out of Asia are going to carry the disease to European ports. And it's going to be aboard their ships in the sailors themselves and also in the rats that they're carrying in the holds of their ships. But even before the plague makes its way to Europe, by like 1346, before it even makes its way to the you know, mainland of Europe, they were hearing rumors of this great pestilence that's sweeping its way across trade routes of the near and far east. And they hear that like all these people are dying, and they're probably sitting there going, oh man, that's fucking crazy shit. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, uh, yeah fuck the savages. God's saying, fuck <laughs> them, he's killing all these people. Glad it's not us. Better them than us, right? Must be because they're savages, not thinking, hey, maybe... What could we start doing now to prepare for this terrible disease that's going to sweep our fucking great European nation? Sounds vaguely familiar, doesn't it? It does. Mm. We're not going to get political mm. here, but just, you know, think about these. Listen to these and apply them to our everyday bullshit we're going through right now. Learn and a from phrase, the past. Uh, shun the non-believers. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> also, can we say that, you know, maybe to stop the Black Plague... Talking about all these rats and these fleas. Maybe all these ships should have just been carrying a couple fat cats. Take care of these rats. Yeah. So, I mean, cats cats have been around for forever. Why? I mean, you know cats kill rats. People don't like rats. They've always not liked rats. I feel like that's like a human response. You see a rat and you go, oh, shit, oh, it's a rat. My wife likes so rats. Why w- I'm going to say it. My wife wants rats. I'm actively trying to... Con- Convinced my mom, my wife not to get rats. Side rats. No, multiple rats. Yes. She'd like to have rats in our house. I'm not for uh, it. I'm never be for it. Uh, maybe but she's into it. Maybe you parlay for like ferrets. Like, yeah. Mm, I feel I like, like dachshunds. We have dachshunds. That's like as close as I'm going to get to a rat. Like, yeah. that's as close <laughs> as you're going to get. All right. Sidebar over. Sorry, guys. House rules are nothing with wood chips in our house. Yeah, amen. Uh, yeah. Nothing that requires wood chips because yeah. I hate that that piss-soaked wood chip smell. Yep. Nope, I'm not about it. Nope. Not once, not never. <laughs> so, I mean, like, so Europeans, especially merchants, are hearing about some type of great disease that's making its way through trade routes. And in, by this point, it's already ravaged India, Mesopotamia, China, all these different areas of Asia, South, 
and Central Asia, and it's slowly burning its way closer and closer to through Eurasia to Eastern Europe. So the way the the disease actually makes its way into Eastern Europe is fucking bananas. It's oh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's that's crazy stuff. Right. So historians believe that the Black Death was first introduced to Europe via Italian Genoese sailors who are traveling via the port city of Caffa. So Caffa doesn't exist anymore. It's a totally different city, but it's located on the northern Crimean coast of the Black Sea. So it's modern day, like, oh, God damn Like it. Ukraine Fuck. area? Yeah, yeah it's Ukraine. Eastern Thank block. you. Yeah, Eastern Bloc. It's, it's in the Crimea. It's it's in the Crimea. It's actually not too far from good old Stalingrad. Shout well, out to Stalingrad. Stalingrad. What up? Throwback. Right? <laughs> and the main, the, the way it arrives in Kaffa and then passes to these traders is one of the most interesting stories that we've, you know, that I've ever read about for research for this podcast. And that's all based around the Battle of Kaffa. So the Battle of Kaffa takes place between 1345 and 1346 CE when a roving Mongol army of the Golden Horde of Central Eurasia lays siege. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Golden Horde? Fuck yeah. And the Golden Horde is actually like an offshoot of the actual Mongol Empire. Speaking of Mongols, I'm pretty sure that the hill at Stalingrad was actually originally a burial mound for some kind of Mongol. Mama Yevkurgan? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like a burial ground or something, right? Didn't we? Did we touch on that? That really sounds briefly? very familiar. It's Mongol that sounds very familiar. Kurgan, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's that sounds like a uh, that sounds like a fact check. I think yeah. you're right though, dude. I'm pretty sure like they originally built that big mound to like yeah, it was a burial bury all the dead yeah. for yeah. I have to double check that. So this Mon- Mongol army is led by Janabek Khan, which is a pretty fucking dope name who basically laid siege to the city of Kaffa, which is a super wealthy trade city. And they've already brought the you know, plague with them from Asia, and many of the Horde soldiers are actually suffering from it. And on top of that, the infected rats that have traveled with the army are eventually going to cross the siege lines and infect the residents of the city. That's the way they think that the disease passes into the city from a modern context. The hmm. other way, which is far more badass and interesting, is the fact that at this siege, the Mo- the Golden Horde, they fling the bodies of corpse-riddled, you know, or excuse me, plague-riddled corpses, they fling them over the walls of the city into the town to infect the inhabitants. Yikes. And this is seen as one of the first examples of biological warfare in history. That's a pretty hmm. dirty move. That's a dirty trick. Yep. Like, I, I just want to understand the thought process there. It's like, oh, man, this disease is burning through my army. Let's fling these fucking dead guys at him. Fuck them. I just want to see, I just want to see, I don't know, what's a good Mongol name? Anybody got a Mongol name off the top of their head? Something Khan. I guess the Khan <laughs> is always the king, right? Uh, Khan. A great leader, effectively. So Genghis yeah. Khan means great leader. His actual name, I'm going to throw it back to... Uh, Good old Purdue Eastern European or Eastern Asian history was Temujin. Temujin. It's stunning. It's stunning that you could recall that fact. That you probably learned that what ten years ago. It's facts, and it snapped right back in your brain. I you never know the reason? come up with that because for the East Asian history class, we watched this big movie about Genghis Khan, like his rise to power. Did I go to the showing of it high as motherfucker? Oh, I, yes, I did. <laughs> I remember doing it. I got high in the morning and went and watched that movie, and I was like, what? Retaining knowledge. Uh-huh. 
State dependent learning. Well, maybe they're just like, I want to see Temujin fly one more time, you know? I just want to see him fly mm-hmm. like an eagle. I'm just going to throw throw his body up there. I'm going to catapult it. That's why we're doing it. It wasn't to spread disease. About, they're just trying to right? get him up in the air, you know? Think about flinging a dead corpse through the air with a catapult. Yeah. And it hits the stone. Like, yeah. oh! Just Splat. do that again. Kind of like the most badass I, thing to do to your buddy. Like, if one of us <laughs> dies, I would hope that the rest of us be like, hey, let's throw him in a catapult and fucking launch his ass. I've already talked to my wife. That's my funeral right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a cannon brick wall brick wall <laughs> the front row they're gonna be wearing like the sheets like a fucking gallery you're in the splash zone man you're the, <laughs> the orchid concert <laughs> oh man so the disease enters Kaffa and whatever the cause is of how it gets into the city it burns through the population and these terrified Genoese Italian traders are gonna flee from Kaffa and head across the Black Sea to Constantinople. And lo and behold, they bring the disease with them. Fucking idiots. Mm, turns out. So it first arrives in the summer of 1347, burns through the population, and chron- chronicles of the period talk about how futile medicine is to try and stop the disease from spreading, the mass hysteria of the people, and the ever-rising death toll. Because, turns out, it kills a lot of people. Hmm? And no one was unaffected. As uh, I think, John, you're the one that pointed this out. The 13-year-old son of the Byzantine emperor actually catches a disease and fucking dies. Of uh, so, Justinian? Or no, this is back... Uh, this is the modern... This is the, the yeah. current yeah. guy of Constantinople, so, so yeah. John the Seventh, or excuse me, I'm going to try to get this right. John the Sixth, Canicosenos. Yeah, that's was it. emperor, and his son catches <laughs> it and fucking dies. And the outbreak's going to last for about a year, and it's going to hit periodically 10 more times over the next two centuries, and it's going to waylay the city and kill a fuck ton of people. So from Constantinople, these Genoese traders, they decide, hey, let's go home. Let's head back to Italy. Yeah. We've had so, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this disease is wild. Let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> didn't affect us though we're good we're good yeah. let's go to Menards I'm totally good <laughs> so Genoese trade galleys eventually are going to make their way across the Mediterranean and they arrive first in Sicily in October of 1347 and when they arrive in Sicily the disease burns its way across the uh, island and kills um, over half the population and eventually those galleys are going to make their way from Caffa arriving in Genoa and Venice by January of 1348. Two weeks later, they arrive in Pisa. And as soon as they basically arrive in port, the disease jumps from the ships to the mainland and starts killing fucking everybody. Hmm. And these cities of northern Italy, they're the perfect breeding ground for the disease to actually enter like mainland Europe. They're vastly wealthy due to trade and commerce, and because of that, they boast large populations that are all jammed together in these medieval trade hubs. It's like everybody's living on top of each other because of, you know, I mean, it's the same concept of why you have all these people jammed to these major cities today. Yeah. Yep. Everybody wants yeah, to imagine if this would hit, if this hit New York today, like, it's like 8 million it. people that live there. Oh, yeah, yeah. It'd fucking crush people. Yeah. Think about the death of, you know, 4 million people in one city. Yeah, Like a perfect example of the time, Florence has a population of 100,000 people pre-outbreak. Half the city's going to die. Half of them gone. And that brings up the problem of what do you do with the bodies? 
you know, it's like you can just bury people <laughs> faster. Like now there's all these bodies they got to get rid of. They've got to dig these massive, uh, they start doing trenches. Like they start just doing mass graves to get rid of these bodies because they're just piling up and their rotting corpses are continuing to spread the disease and not a good and time. The people who are burying them are getting sick. So who's going to bury them? Yeah. Because nobody wants to fucking do that mm. job. That's a, I would argue one of the shittiest jobs in all of human history is hmm. pl- plague burial detail. Yeah, that's a bad gig. <laughs> Nine times out of ten. It's like, hey, man, I thought I thought Terry was working with you. Yeah, Terry died yesterday. <laughs> oh, what happened to him? We don't know. Well, <laughs> God hated Terry. Hated yeah, Terry. God's wrath. <laughs> Fucking Terry, dude. <laughs> I mean, basically, once it reaches Italy and starts to make its way into the mainland, Italy and Europe at large, they are nowhere near prepared for the speed and sheer awfulness that this disease is going to bring to their shores. Within two months of the initial outbreak, 20 to 30% of these port cities are piles of corpses. Yeah. 20 to 30%. Within fucking two months, 30% of your population is dead. I think I read something that was like, as soon as these ships showed up, like people go on board to see, you know, to meet these sailors. And a lot of, some of the ships, like the sailors are all dead or are all dying. And now you're on the boat. Maybe you have fleas transferring from the rats to you or these dying sailors have, uh, what was it? Mnemonic, mnemonic. the mnemonic yeah. plague. They're coughing, they're hacking. Now you've got it. You go home to wife and kids. Now they've got it. Now it's just spreading like wildfire. Like it's just that easy. What is the, what is the, um, like, if let's just say COVID is a six on the like contagious scale, like what this is, is a pneumonic? Ten. I feel like this is a ten. The pneumonic the version is, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. because of the like diet understanding of medicine, particularly we'll get to it understanding of hygiene. Yes, yeah. I think this is a fucking ten. Hmm. Like the fact that you don't understand what germs are—that's not common knowledge. You're fucked. Yeah, yeah. Europe was a yeah. fucking tinderbox for this thing. It was just—I mean. The this time period was a tinderbox for like the lack of knowledge, the unsanit unsanitary conditions of the time, the way people were living. It was just ready to fucking go up in flames, and, and yeah, it did. It did. The, I mean, this is going to bring medieval man to the brink of apocalypse, and a lot of people believe that this was the end times. This is the end of days. Hmm. Like cities grind to a halt because clergy, city leaders, financial inst- institutions. They close their doors or they just stop doing their jobs. Yeah. Like nothing, nothing's going. All the all of the, you know, crops that are in the fields, there's not people left to harvest them. So guess what that leads to? Fucking famine. You know? So the same situation is going to hit almost every single area of Europe. Okay. And from here, the disease is gonna rage its way across the countryside, heading across the it- Italian peninsula and then to the northwest. Across Europe. Damn. Crazy. Well, and just to give you guys some, like, like understanding of what Europe was at that time, like, how, how this spread so easily, I'm going to give you some background here of, like, their lovely, level of uh, <laughs> loveliness and, like... Quote, unquote. Yeah, and education and just kind of a, a background to where we're at at this time in Europe. So, after the fall of the Euro- uh, Roman Empire, um, medieval Europe was in a mess. They were, you know falling apart and then slowly rebuilding and this all took time and effort to get back to a place of some level of civilization so at the time running water 
and the practice of bathing wasn't super common. Um, this was due to a decline in technology and also wealth in Europe at the time. So two things to make bathing easy was uh, running water being readily accessible and also um, being able to heat it. So uh, not all these places had running water or water nearby. So that means these people had to go gather it and haul it and pour it into tubs or whatever they would bathe in. And then also heat it. All this is just taking a lot of time and effort and they'd have to have soap. Needless to say, a lot of people didn't have money or time to do any of this stuff. Imagine just not soap. bathing. Yeah. Ugh. Just months. Just like you, you just opt out. You're like, well, you think you just get used to the smell after a while and you just don't even, I mean, it didn't hit you? Pretty much. Probably. I mean, I think it's one of those things like the people that live next to like, you know, like a, like a, like a like a pork farm. Yeah, you get you used know? to that smell. Or like a like a processing factory. Like you stop you stop smelling it. I mean, yeah. I read it. I read an article that talked about the fact that it was not uncommon for you to go two to three months without a bath. Damn, that's a long like time. If, if you bathe, if you bathe every time the moon changed, you were a pretty you're a pretty on it person. Oh yikes! So so people didn't Ugh. think it was worth it to begin with. Just worse for. Based on the effort, and then on top of that, they have that. Christian like r- religious views were like against it as well. It was kind of like a, you're focused on the vanity of this life versus the, uh, you know, spiritual purity. Hmm. You're focused on right now versus everlasting purity. So, religion wasn't necessarily pushing bathing either. Um, so your soul is like beautiful white, while your skin's like a right. nice creamy beige color. Yeah, you could be ugly as long as you're spiritually pure. Hmm. Um, so and on top of this peasants and the majority of the people at the time didn't have a formal education people weren't going you know K through 12 going on to college people weren't going <laughs> K through 5 people were fucking working the fields and living peasant lives like they weren't you know understanding was a lot different at the time um, and all their knowledge came from churches like the majority of their outside knowledge came from churches and the clergies like most of the most of the population's illiterate right yeah and they're not reading they're oh, not yeah, writing yeah. so it's not like they're going out and checking books out from the library trying to you know just, none of that stuff existed that those things were, weren't a thing at the time <laughs> so their their only source of like uh knowledge procurement is to listen to somebody at church right, right? and and at this time th- via the Catholic Church all of the sermons are given in Latin so they don't understand them. The only way you're going to interpret the Bible is via your priest. Right. He's the only person who can tell you about it. You can't read it because all the Bibles are in fucking Latin. It's going to be another 300 years before the Reformation takes place. <laughs> so on top of all that shit that people aren't bathing, uh, one of the common early uh, ideas of what caused the plague was the miasma theory, which was that <laughs> three planets... Uh, were like in alignment in 1345, and uh, I don't know. They they essentially caused this pollution. Miasma's Greek meaning is pollution, and this pollution came to Earth, and it carried in the air. And they also called it night air. But this air could get into you and call, give you the plague. So it was worse if you had open pores. So they knew that bathing would open your pores. So to help fight off the plague it was better to have closed pores not to bathe and even sometimes promoted to like have shit on you how did they how did they know that like how do they know that bathing opened your pores well that's a valid question like how did they come up with that piece of knowledge but <laughs> they, they couldn't figure out one. the miasma <laughs> real thing. Yeah. Huh, I don't know do you like look different after you bathe 
Maybe, perhaps. I guess you'd have to like be really looking at somebody. I don't know. They just thought about how their skin felt pre and post hot water. Yeah. I don't know. It's like when I'm when I, when I step out of hot water, I feel, I feel everything. I feel my pores are opened. But yeah, That's so they ridiculous. they were you know they wanted you to be covered in dirt and stuff to have a, a a layer of protection against the plague. Oh yeah, better. Yeah, I mean it makes good sense. science. So on top of that, you oh, can discuss God the damn. like where everyone was living at the time. So um, mo- most people had moved into towns or cities because that put them closer to you know modern conveniences like maybe running water or at least closer to water closer to trade closer to jobs um but this also caused people to just be living on top of each other like you're talking about just all these port cities people are living right on top of each other just ready to spread the plague um and not on not only is just people living on top of each other it's their animals as well the 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 common home for peasant at the time was this small cottage with like three rooms one room being for like where the peasants would live one is like a common area or like one where the peasants would sleep one is a common area and then the other room was like where the animals would live so you know peasants kept their animals inside their house at the time and maybe they'd have one window like one window no glass just an open section so now particularly during the winter right like this was all about Mm. keeping the animals inside where the heat's at during the winter so they don't fucking freeze to death right you're living with your goddamn mule right in your fucking living room. And you know what your mule carries, or you know, like your mule carries gets fleas. You're all these. You're just inviting the rats in that are carrying the flea-covered <laughs> or plague-ridden fleas that are then spreading to Won't you, you join us? all your family. You're sleeping on hay, like straw, like this dirty straw dirty bed, straw. which fleas Ugh. and rats love. So it's just like a, one thing after another that's perfect to just fucking massacre people. Um. And yeah, so and, and the other thing, medical uh, medical schools in Europe at the time and their physicians were like working off the medical writings of like the ancient Greeks. So there's no real science or you know medical knowledge at the time. It's all fucking conjecture. You're working off of info that's what 1,300 years old. Yeah, and written plus? by like you know kid diddler ancient Greek people. So you know, I think it's safe to say that the medical knowledge of the time was zero. Yes. <laughs> You might as well just say there was no medical knowledge. Maybe, they had no maybe negative for the average person, hundred percent. For yeah. the average individual, it's, it's yeah, negative. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they actually there's enough religious influence that's actually negative medical. <laughs> yeah, knowledge. they're hurting themselves more than they're <laughs> yeah. helping. <laughs> yeah, like all I could think of while you're explaining that is like these people have to procreate. They have to fuck during this time period. Oh it God. Has to, right. Uh, Ugh. Think yeah. about fucking a woman that hasn't bathed in two months. Think about being and a woman you, and you that's got a dude that hasn't bathed in two months. <laughs> that's the real loser in this scenario. <laughs> let, me, let, let me stick my wretched, disgusting dick up in you. Yeah. Oh, God. Like, bathe your, you know, bathe as a woman, but bathe your dick as a dude or else it's just, it's bad. It's bad. Wasn't well, a lot of lovemaking going on in the 14th no. century? No, but they ha- no, they have to because sixty five percent of their kids are fucking gonna die. Well, I guess so. You got to make ten of I them. I mean, they're repopulated. I'm just saying, there's no love making. They're breeding. <laughs> oh, breed. no. They're yeah, just breeding. Breed. <laughs> <laughs> there's no candles lit. There's no fine wine being. There's drank. no love here. Yeah. <laughs> no. This turns out they don't have Barry White. They don't got nope. him. Nope. They needed some Barry White though. They needed him. They have candles, but the candles are for special occasions. <laughs> We can't burn those willy nilly. Yeah, you got to burn those to keep the plague day. away. 
So you're trying to f- you're trying to fuck your wife while your children and your mule are sleeping in the same room. Also God catching and spreading the plague. <laughs> like obviously they got it done though because people were reproducing relatively this quick. This is a, a good True. good con- uh, tie in to something I heard today. I watched a documentary about the plague that was talking about how the plague bottlenecked biological diversity. So like you know oh. like it. it it made Europe a little bit more inbred because we went from homogenous, <laughs> yeah, like with this yeah. huge population to, uh, well, it killed a third of the population. So take out a third of that biological diversity, and now, yeah. I mean, they also did figure out in a relatively short period of time that maybe traveling around was not the best option. Mm-hmm. It's not like people went to other areas to find mates. Yeah, that's they true. Just fucked each other. Yeah, very good point. Probably, oh, probably yeah. some you're brothers, not, you, you, sisters, cousins. You're not going three, four villages away to find a mate. You're marrying, marrying, quote unquote, marrying that girl that you've known your whole life. And you're vaguely related to her. Like, oh, who is that? It's your first cousin. That's who that is. your plague cousin. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We going to roll into our next segment here? I think so. I think we're ready for it. I think we just call this segment true or false, and we're going to go over some approaches to addressing the problem that is the plague. Not necessarily medical treatments, but approaches. And <laughs> you guys tell me whether these are true or whether these are false. Just, I have not put the answer to any of these. That I did display the questions in our notes, but I've not given away the answers. And I've tried to go at least moderately obscure with these. So, staying with our sort of theme for what we've just been discussing, uh, these are all going to be themed around wealthy people more or less taking advantage and or capitalizing on on the peasant population during the time. That doesn't sound like right? a common topic. No, not right. at all. So I'm going to lay out a scenario. You guys tell me whether you think it's true, false. It's, they're reasonable. I think you should be able to get both. All right. Situation one. There was a common knowledge among the wealthy that the pestilence or the plague had like a limited quantity, like there was a the amount of pestilence that moved into an area had a had a qualitative amount that occurred. So, so it's like a club, there's right. a capacity. So the wealthy people would figure out that it was coming and then force all of the peasants into a specific area, hoping that the plague would chew through the peasants. It would die off and go away because it only had a, a, a certain amount. That way, by the time it got to the wealthy people, the plague was gone. True or false? I call true on that. That sounds that sounds plausible. That sounds like a rich man move. Like if I if I lump all these poor degenerate fucks together, I totally won't get it. Yeah, I'm gonna go true too. I think I think they'd be just dumb enough to buy into the something like that. <laughs> yeah. I made that one up. That one is not true. <laughs> Damn it's completely oh. false. Good wording, yeah. man. Damn it. Completely th- made that up. <laughs> really? God nope. damn it. I thought not I was true. dead on. Not true. See, as you were as you were reading that to us in my head, I'm like, I've heard that before. That came from a I've book somewhere, yeah. <laughs> nope. I read it in a book. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe it's just maybe it says something about me. That maybe I'm an evil person. That my mind went, went straight there. there. Yeah. You fucking bourgeoisie motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So round two. So this again sort of goes on the same theory that the wealthy people heard and knew about the disease before because they were part of trade groups and stuff. So they were hearing about it pre-actual infection of the area. So wealthy people would often sell their homes to peasants and sort of 
trick them into thinking that they got a really good deal on the house or the property. And then the wealthy people would move north generally away from the cities and get away from the cities ultimately to survive the plague. I'm going to go true. False. Oh, split bill. That one's true. They would. No, God damn it. <laughs> people would sell their homes to peasants get or to groups of peasants sometimes even You're and get the money out bad, of them. Get the money out of it and then bounce on the city. <laughs> yep. All right. This is my favorite one. So often the wealthy would believe that the disease was more likely to take hold in people who were crippled, disabled, or unable to defend themselves. So children, crippled, disabled, people like that. Damn. So just lump children in there as like a way to nonchalant <laughs> thing, by the as way. As a way. Oh, and the children. <laughs> yeah. As a way to deal with this, they would pay other peasants to round these people up and burn them at the stake. I like that. This this is this is the bet. Like this is a good third choice. Mm. I don't know if at I'm the stake go is true, again. but burn them. I'm going, I'm going to go false too. This one's true. They would do. No, no, come on. The other the other group of people, and I don't know how cold this gets. But oh, they would also three. find they also had a, and I think we're going to get to this here in a little bit. But they also had a particular distaste for Jewish people, and for some oh. reason they got scapegoated hard as well. Yeah. Along with oh, some, we're, we're gonna get to the sons of Abraham. That's for damn sure. Yep. I went zero for three. I'm a goddamn historian. Well, you got a three. second chance coming up here Botched in a little it. bit, so watch. We'll it. see how you do there. So from here, we're gonna move to how the plague moves its way out of Italy into Central Europe. I mean, God bless the Italians. They're good people. I've been to Italy. They're nice folk. Their country's fucking gorgeous. They're I feel like across history, from medieval period to today, they get fucked a lot. They get fucked over. Yep. And it's because of their cavalier lifestyle, if you will. <laughs> I don't have it in here in the notes, but one of the main things in one of the, one of the uh, articles that I read about talked about how the disease spreads because the Italians, they take on a specific lifestyle after the disease starts killing everybody in their cities. And the people that are surviving, their plan is, I'm going to drink and fuck every day, hoping that I survive. That's effectively the, the gist They of take it. that, like, who gives a fuck uh, mentality. Just mm. fucking who cares? And because, like AMAC pointed out, all these rich people, like, abandon their homes and move to the country. So these roaming mobs of peasants would come into a town, come into somebody's house, Hammer drunk, have an orgy, and then move on to the next one. Dirty Mike and, and the boys the coming life. around. Yeah, Dirty Mike. <laughs> Living it up in the F-Shack, baby. <laughs> Go listen to talk radio real loud. <laughs> so these Italian cities quickly figure out that there's something about these trade ships that are pulling into port. Turns out that's causing the disease to burn through our population. Oh, man. That one ship showed up and then turns out two weeks later, 5,000 people dead. Oh, ain't that some shit? Maybe you'd have figured it out when you saw all the sailors on like the initial ship yeah. that were all fucked Just up. falling apart. Like, I'm not, like something you doesn't feel quite right. <laughs> right? You were explaining that earlier and like I have a mental picture in my head where like the magistrate or whoever's like the, do like the dock manager comes onto the ship 
And everybody's like laying on the deck, fucking. Uh, it hurts, bro. <laughs> I like that scene from uh, Jurassic: uh, Lost World, where the ship shows up in port, and like the dinosaurs have like eaten all the people. There's like arms attached to the wheels, and like something yeah. bad must have happened here. I don't know. Let's leave the ship here. <laughs> that one forearm and hand that's yeah, clutched to the, the wheel. wheel. <laughs> yeah, like I imagine that's what he's going through on the ship, and they're just like, "Yeah, let's keep it. Maybe they got some good goods. Maybe they got good goods." Like looking at that, going something happened here. <laughs> mm-hmm. So those ships, they fig- they quickly figure out. Oh man, that ship showed up. Shit went wild. So those ships are expelled from these Italian ports. So guess what they do? They go to other fucking towns. And one of these ships eventually makes its way to Marseille, which is on the Mediterranean coast on the southern part of France. So a ship makes its way to Marseille in late June of 1348, and that's how the disease. First makes landfall in France. And at the same time that's going on, it's burning its way across Italy and from northern Italy across, you know, continental routes, it makes its way into France as well. If you want to like a modern day so, tie-in, think about all the fucking cruise ships you see nowadays that are like <laughs> trying to come back. Like Death Ship number five that's just trying to dock anywhere. <laughs> just please let us Did fucking guys, off. But you know, nobody wants to let them off. You see where Carnival has uh <clears throat> cruises posted as like they're they're starting to sell cruises starting in august again fuck like they have them posted it must be paying people to go on cruises i saw that on the weather channel uh (laughs) i'm not actually sure if it's true but yeah yeah it could be pretty reasonable could be a good time or a bad time to go would you go on a cruise in august fuck okay absolutely (laughs) not would i hold on (laughs) not having a cruise in how how good of a deal is it? I don't know, it? Mac. You're having a baby in we're June. Talking, Are you going, oh, we're not, talking $600 for a five-night cruise. $600. Oh, I know. No, I think it would have to be like maybe if 25 still, bucks. 25 bucks? Maybe I'd go on a here, cruise. Let's, let, let's, let's go this route. What if we were all three still single? And we decided to have like a a, a guy's trip, and we're like in co- college Ball hard, age. baby. Yeah, probably. Ball fucking hard. Probably. No, even if, if I'm even if even I'm 24, man, right. 24 yeah. years old, I'm fucking invincible. Yeah, 10 dude. feet tall and goddamn bulletproof. Let's fucking run it back. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. So as soon as the plague makes its way into France, it's quickly going to move from the southern coast through Marseille and across um, overland routes from from Italy to Avignon. And the reason we're going to focus on Avignon in France is because of one particular reason. And Avignon is the papal seat of Pope Clement VI, who is the Catholic Pope. And Avignon is the central location of all of Catholicism. Turns out Catholicism, kind of a big deal in Europe at the time. Do you happen to know when like, the seat moved to the Vatican? I know why it moves. Because of like, there's a thing called the schism. So basically, you had a point where there were two popes. There was a pope in Rome and a pope in Avignon. But mm-hmm. it's so complicated and convoluted, we don't even have time to get into it. But by this point, they've moved to Avignon, which is in kind of s- central western France. Okay, I- I'm completely making that up. I have no idea where Avignon is. I have no clue. I could tell you. Okay, what's how do you spell? How you spell me. that? Please do. Oh, hang on. A V I. Let's see. A V I G N O N. Let's see Avignon. where Avignon, southeastern France. It's kind of in southeastern north central France, somewhere in there. I'm counting it. The left bank of Count. the Rhone River. 
Oh. You know where the Rhone River is. I don't, but Rhone's gonna come back yeah, around. Yeah, right no, now. the Rhone It's River, on the left yeah, bank of it. Sure <laughs> yeah. So, so it's on we're the left f- bank. Yeah, not the right, but the, the left. Well, that could depend on which direction you're coming from. Uh, that's from a bird's eye view, flying north. Uh, Let's fly south <laughs> to north, John. Get it right. <laughs> it's a very important. <laughs> John trying to deceive the customers here. <laughs> Directions. So the reason we're focusing on Avignon is because it is the, at this point, it's the central location for all of Christianity in the world. Because Catholicism is the only brand of Christianity, it's the only flavor, if you will, of Christianity that's available at the time. A lot of vanilla ice cream. Yeah. And we're going to get into it here in a little bit, but we're going to get into how the church is responding to the disease and how they feel about it. But the church believes that effectively the plague is brought on by God's wrath upon the people for the moral decay of the populace, if you will. So this is a quote from Pope Clement VI. Sinfulness and evil are the reasons behind this pestilence, and they must be rooted out. Great, good. Yeah, that's that's Nailed a good stance. Turns out, yeah, millions are going to Pestilen- die. Pestilence was Avin- a badass word, by the way. That's what they people referred to the plague as at the time, was the, the, the great pestilence. It comes from the, the Latin root of the back half of the, right? The pestis. I These are no probably things we should have looked up before sounds right. we started it. But yeah. I'm pretty sure that's where pestilence comes from is the back half of the like Latin term for the plague. That's another thing too is like the Black Death. They'd even refer to it as the Black Death during while this was going on. Like that was like a the pestilence. Yeah, right? pestilence or like I don't know what else. The big death or something. I thought I heard that and the, the big, big death, yeah. big boy. The, the <laughs> black was like a translation error over the years. Like they, it was like the Latin word for bad death. Uh, similar root was bad and black so just black death to cold as a name huh. cool I, heard, name. I heard they called it the chunk the chunky sickness <laughs> the, the thick fella disease <laughs> thick, thick fella disease that's what it should have been put down as in the record books uh-huh. got that old thick boy <laughs> yep goddamn steve he's got the thick <laughs> Steve, what happened to your wife and children? Oh, thick boy got him. Take him by the thick. <laughs> so Avignon in particular is a perfect uh, like dichotomy of what happens to France and that the disease hits them particularly hard. Within the first six weeks of the plague making its way to Avignon, it kills 11,000 people in the first six weeks. Ooh. A lot of folk. Among them are one third of all of the Catholic cardinals that are in Avignon. Cardinals Not are, good. are like lead bishops, right? Yep. So they're like, honestly, you're the one who's going to know this shit. I don't know how the hierarchy works within the Catholic Church. And it's, you know, like priest. It's like priests and then bishops. And then the cardinals are like the pope's. It's so like, know, be, like to, so chum. they're like the senators of the of the Catholic religion, right? If you if the Pope's the president, the cardinals are like the Senate. It's so like uh, all yeah. yeah, I think you could to, say that. So so to become Pope, you have to be a cardinal, don't you? No, I don't actually I don't think that's true. You don't have you to be come directly. I don't think you have to I'm not even sure you have to be a 
there's a hard rule. You have to be a bishop to become the pope. The College of Cardinals chooses the pope. That is true. They put up the smoke signal. Yeah. And they choose yeah, the pope. Yeah. But I'm not sure there's actually a hard line drawn where you have to be the, I don't know. We'll have to look okay. I think, I know. I think you're, no, you're right. You're right. So a third of the Cardinals are actually going to be among those 11,000 that die. And the Pope, because of how many people die in Avignon, the Pope is going to be forced to consecrate these massive tracts of farmland around the city to basically dig ditches and roll bodies into. It gets so bad that he even consecrates the Rhone River itself so that bodies can be dumped directly into the river, which sounds like a really good yeah. idea. Yeah, there, no one's bathing Don't you in that. Drink out of that? <laughs> yeah, yes. Bathing, it's used drinking. for watering crops. Oh, all, all of it, hundred percent. Yeah, the plague oh, spreads. Decision making was questionable. Imagine how goddamn smart we would have looked if we just magically appeared during that time. Wash your hands. This Wash is the first your hands. Thing, number one. And then if somebody's like, "I'm not going to listen to you." You just show them your iPhone, and they're like, <laughs> "Okay, <laughs> all right, we'll do whatever you say." So the, the key is to stand like like this, stand like an angel. Mm-hmm. Put your hands dis- out. Dispel knowledge. I mean, you two, you're gonna you're gonna have a better time. They're gonna see my black ass and be like, <laughs> mm, I don't know. <laughs> They've never seen a Negro before, if you will. Well, what would uh, what would you do? So maybe they maybe they think I'm more of an angel. Yeah, like, I don't go. know that black face. Hey, we've all, we've I don't all know seen him. Black Knight starring Martin Lawrence, right? He did pretty all right. <laughs> oh, and he yeah. banged like the king's no. daughter. Huh? Yes, yeah, he did. And, and that's a true story. See? Maybe you have a pretty good time, Petey. I don't know. I don't know. I, re- I remember when I wore a starter jersey and jeans <laughs> and Air Force Ones and fucked the king's daughter. <laughs> Great memory. Great memory you had. <laughs> right there. Oh, well, fuck. okay. If you go back in time, <clears throat> what, would, what would be the one thing? Okay. Right now. You're transported back in time to the 14th century. The plague is just outbroken. You're, it's, we're, we're talking a reverse idiocracy situation here. So you have all your day, your modern knowledge of the plague, and uh, but no, no tools. You know, any, whatever's on your in your on your person right now. What would you do? What would you do to like help stop the plague? Just tell people basic things like fucking find soap See, but like even if you try to do that people are gonna you think can't. you're a fucking witch or like a, you know they're gonna think you're blasphemous anything you say that goes against the bible they're gonna think that you're a heretic and they're gonna fucking kill you so you yeah. gotta be very subtle about that also shit. you don't have any way to mass communicate with people. Well, it's not like you can post on twitter the solution to <laughs> solving the plague like you can't th- talk to anybody unless you Get just walk grassroots baby Donnie Appleseed. Yeah, we've. I mean, we've talked about it before. This is a micro game. So you take one town, village, city, and you try to influence them. And then, you know, we talk about 700 years later, they talk about how the city of Avignon didn't get fucked up because of John the Heretic yeah. or Aaron mm. the Wise. So let's say you just yeah. go for that one one spot. God bless Aaron the Wise, and then you'll have a picture of you standing like this on on some church wall. Like I'm a, I'll be making the vacation yeah, ba- sign. Ba- <laughs> 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 some butterfly effect shit. But it all, all the cult of <laughs> yeah the cult of vape nation the cult of Varus Nationis. Yeah. <laughs> If you haven't seen the Vape Nation video, do yourself a favor, search it on YouTube, oh. give it a watch. 
Babe yeah. Nash, baby. Babe Nash. So one of the most uh, important and influential figures that's going to come out of this period in Avignon is a doctor by the name of Guy de Choliac. So Guy de Choliac is actually the personal physician of Pope Clement VI. It's a pretty good job. Sounds like a pretty solid, yeah. solid position. Good gig. Yeah. You're the per- yeah, you're the personal physician to the Pope. Pretty solid spot. And eventually he's going to become one of the leading voices, you know, in the effects of the Black Plague on the population. And the reason he becomes one of the uh, leading voices is because he fucking catches the plague. He gets it. He's one of the people in Avignon that actually catches the disease. And by this point, which is endemic across all of Europe, if you were believed to have the Black Death, your family, your friends, doctors fucking abandon you. Everybody just shut you off. You go into it, you're in your house alone by yourself. It's exactly what happened to Shuliak. So he contracts the disease and everybody abandons him. So for the next three plus weeks, he is forced to take care of himself. Yeah, and he goes big dick <laughs> on taking <laughs> goes care hard. of himself. Yeah. Goes hard. He goes, uh, yeah, he goes real hard on it. So, so think about being a 14th century individual taking care of yourself when you have the plague, and the entire time that you're doing it, you're treating yourself with what you think is going to work, and you're writing about the results. So the whole time that he's treating himself, he's writing down everything that's happening to him while he's delirious and fucked up. And his number one treatment for the disease was to lance the buboes. So he took a sharp knife and literally fucking sliced all the buboes open and squeezed the pus out of them. Yep, and then he sears them shut, right? Yeah, yeah. He heats the knife up and sears them shut. And the whole time he's doing, and the, did you guys watch the reenactment on YouTube of it? Oh yeah, a, he's wearing the goofy ass French hat the entire time. He's like Lance, he's got the goofy ass French hat on. I was like, huh? What do you really have that, the hat on though? The one that looks like a like a 20th century yeah. sleep cap. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like an Ebenezer Scrooge sleep cap. Yeah. It's cracking. Me I up. imagine that like the the um, steering them shut really is what saved his ass. Like getting Probably. his neck yeah. hot cooking that sucker shut instead of just like having open wounds, you know, cause a lot of people are like mm-hmm. lancing them and draining them, but maybe they weren't mm-hmm. doing that final step. That would, I remember reading one thing where people were smearing shit, like literally smearing dookie Fecal matter, onto the yeah. buboes. So like, Oh yeah, we'll put some fucking human shit on those. Cause that'll, that'll make it better. So yeah. It's a yeah. win-win fertilizing your body. I, I mean, <clears throat> Dumb. The fact that this motherfucker recovers, I think y'all are dead on. You know, the reason that he survives is because he's by himself. He's away from everybody. He's alone. And he takes care of effectively eradicating infection. You know, if you have open wounds on your body, every piece of bacteria in the atmosphere is going to fucking hit that. And that's going to shock your system. Like septicemic plague. Septicemia, what is it? It's a it's a fucking blood poisoning. You know what I mean? So I think he actually staves it off from getting to that point. Yep. So I also read that he was in like for a person of that time, he because he was part of the church, he didn't drink, he didn't like do take part in a lot of bad shit going on that you could take part in. 
And he also was very active because he was a doctor. And so he was like moving point to point. Mm-hmm. So he was like still in good shape, <clears throat> like good shape. His body was, was still a hearty in individual. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't, you know, in any sort of, it didn't have any other ailments to his health to start off with. I think you're probably dead on. And by being the Pope's personal physician, his diet has to be infinitely better than the yeah. common. And he's probably, he's probably not Correct. sleeping yeah, yeah. right on top of a million other people with a cow in his bedroom. Either. That's <laughs> correct. Yeah, he so didn't have, have any fig- livestock in his yep. bedroom. I read <laughs> <Right>. that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't figured it out by this point, Deshuliak survives. He recovers. And he goes about from that point doing everything he can to understand the disease and help the people around him. He's going to continue to document his treatment of the sick because he figures out, oh, I had it. Oh, I can't get it again. That's good. Turns mm-hmm. out. I'm immune from this point forward. So he documents his treatment of everybody who has it. And he also does autopsies of people who die from the disease. He cuts their asses open and pulls their lungs out and sees, oh, man, this really affects the lungs of the individuals who catch it. And he's one of the first people to discover that there's actually possibly two separate types of the disease. And those are the pneumonic and bubonic plague. So the plague had a lot of like played a big role in pushing modern medicine like turning mm-hmm. medicine out of fucking believing it was caused by planets being aligned to actually understanding like <laughs> there are things in your body that are causing this and it, it spreads in different ways so it's the, it's the devil rolling around jizzing on the populace person i mean i'd buy that too john believes in john's a heretic <laughs> he's a witch <laughs> believes in medical stuff so does Shuliak, after surviving actually advises the Pope to spend as little time as possible around people, clergy, anybody. Servants, he tells them, hey, bro, don't be around anybody. In fact, I want you to start two big-ass fucking bonfires, and then we'll put your chair in the middle of them, because that will clear the air around you, and you won't catch the disease. And it fucking works. Pope Clement actually survives the Black Death because Mm -hmm. of also looks kick-ass sitting in between two giant fires. Yeah. Uh-huh. With that big he had his hand. With the Pope hat. Yep. He had his hands in the air like he was summoning the fire. Doing the vape nash. One fires the vape, <laughs> one fires the nash. That's what's up. So Christ the Redeemer, the statue in uh, in Brazil, it's actually a vape nation statue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the butterfly effect edition after, you know, we go back and, and save people via... Our knowledge. Amac, Amac saves Pope Clement the Sixth, and mm. it's just it's just Christ standing with the vape nation. <laughs> I'd watch that movie. Well, that's going to tie us in nicely to just religion and uh, religion of the era. So, the stance the Catholic Church took at first, again, was that God was punishing the people. Like Petey said earlier, it was all about. The sins of the people, the modern day sins, it was like, uh, think about the great flood, you know, God was flooding the the earth due to people's sins and uh, people needed to repent and be forgiven and that would cause the, the plague to end. Obviously, this wasn't the case and the plague continued to spread. So people would get angry when they would see their, they would have their local cardinal or priest or whoever telling them, that they need to do this or that to make the plague go away. The plague doesn't go away. People continue to die. And then their <laughs> their respective religious leader 
flees town or shuts down the church, people started getting kind of angry. They started getting mad that people weren't, uh, that the church wasn't fixing their problems, that praying wasn't fixing their problems. Um, the church was asking for uh, organized religious marches and all sorts of large public events to get the, to pray the plague away. And if we know anything about how the plague spread now, that was probably just spreading the plague worse. I thought you were going to say, if we know anything about praying something away. <laughs> See, it's, yeah. Same spot. It's, it's a daring tactic, but it doesn't go well. Normally it doesn't. You said, you said plague or pray the plague away. And all I heard it was pray the gay away. I was like, that doesn't nope. work. That's just, that's not how nope. it works. That's not how, it's uh, not how it goes. So this, uh, Religion kind of bobbling the plague and not knowing how to fix it led to people being angry. And uh, a lot of European people started targeting minority groups, uh, including Jewish people, friars, foreigners, beggars, pilgrims, lepers, and Romani, which is a term for gypsies. Uh, And this is something that you see over and over again in a time when there's like, you know, large scale fear and craziness people start to blame the few for the cause so if someone showed up in a town and they're a leper or if they had a skin disorder they were the cause of the plague they'd be killed um if somebody i don't like your yeah, cat you know, this guy's got fucking red skin i don't like him where you from boy <laughs> or even if someone a new person showed up in town and the plague came with them they would be blamed now honestly that's not a bad bag tactic if the plague came after someone showed up that's, that's probably right. because of them but uh you know we shouldn't follow that. Uh, there was a large-scale uh, belief that Jews were poisoning the wells of Christians, and this caused the plague. Um, women were named witches, burned at the stake for causing the plague. It was just a time of chaos. People were just, you know, they had no good leadership. What is the, what is the male equivalent to a witch in the time? Like, if we warlock. pop back... Warlock, not wizard? I think warlock, witch I think I'd, warlock, right? I think I'd rather... Yeah, warlock has like a, a little dark... Bit cooler. I'm gonna be. To I'm it, gonna right. be dead honest with you, Amac. The I. You know where I get that from? Bailey's Bailey's wife will be a big fan from Halloween Town. <laughs> Halloween Town no. is witches and warlocks. Huh? I don't know. I don't know of this <laughs> Halloween Town. Shout out! Shout out to old old uh, old C Bailey out there. Yeah, I think she gave up hmm. on listening to these about three episodes ago. So if she hears it, it probably you can. Uh, you tell me, Crystal. If not. We'll never know. You go, you go tell your wife that I made a Halloween town reference. <laughs> She'll listen to it all the way through. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, all, all these people were getting their confessions. Uh, you know, if, if these people were guilty or not, they were getting confessions. They were doing the same things that we do in times of seeking confessions. You just torture the hell out of somebody. Turns out you torture someone, they will eventually give you a confession. Uh, so people were torturing Jews, they were torturing women, they were hearing them, just whatever they wanted you to hear to say that they were causing the plague. Um, this led to a lot of attacks on Jewish communities. Um, the, first, the first massacre was at Doulin, France in 1348. 40 Jews were killed by an angry mob. Wait, I mean, and think about the being a member of that shit. You're so, like, you're scared, you don't know what's going on. So one person says, I bet it's their fault. So you fucking go down to the Jewish part of town and you round up 40 people and you just fucking kill yeah, them. Yeah, it's a it's blood insane. frenzy. Just people all joining in too. Yeah. That's you think there's really like an evolutionary concept behind that at some level? Like that's a very primitive mindset 
that's that's sort of prevalent amongst a lot of things, right? I think it's, it's like, group thought, right? Hey, I mean, all of it's, us it's are identity. all of us. Yeah, all of us are this way, and they're that way, and something bad is happening. It's got to be their right. fault. Can't be us, oh, or absolutely. can't be a total 100%. outside thing. But they think that's rooted in some kind of like evolution. Like, hey, if you were a Native American, a little bit of that probably would have done you some good, right? If you'd have been like, hey, those people over there are bad because they're different. And now all of a sudden we're starting to get smallpox here. Maybe we should kill all them and get rid of them. And then, you know, think there's some kind of like mindset that's like just prevalent humans because of that. I think you're on the right track, but I think it's along the same lines of. The United States is based, you know, is is made up of all these different religious and you know cultural groups. Mm-hmm. So, so let's like the Native Americans, we're lumping them all together, but at the same time, they're made up of three thousand different cultures. So you don't see yourself as Native American; you see yourself as I'm Sue. Mm-hmm. I'm American. That's a British person. Fuck that British person. They can go fuck themselves. Even though you're yeah. both white per se. Right. Hmm. Interesting Anyways, take. Sidebar. Yeah, I could break into all sorts of topics here. So the the worst Jewish uh, massacre was in 1351 or in 1349. Excuse me. Uh, Jewish residents of Strasbourg, which was in Germany. Uh, the the numbers are again hard to estimate from 14th century records, but. Somewhere from 200, uh, 200 up to 2,000 were supposedly burned alive by their Christian neighbors. And uh, the reason of this was blamed on the plague. It was, of course, blamed that the plague was, that these Jewish neighbors were causing the plague, poison their well, something of that nature. But in reality, it was at the time the Jewish people in this community were the money lenders, and a lot of these people had debts to the Jews, and they just were like, hey, man, let's, if we just say they caused the plague and we kill them all, I don't have to pay for that boat I just bought, and uh, you know, life could be pretty all right, so let's just do that. So people were taking advantage of the plague in a way that would benefit them to, you know, and I, I think that's something we're even seeing still, you know, things you still see people, I think you're dead people on, grabbing power, right. people you know, making like look at the people who were buying up all the fucking uh, hand sanitizer when the shit started going down with coronavirus, and then trying to sell it on Amazon. Like people are always trying to make a buck, always trying to take advantage of the situation, and these things just can toilet, yeah, toilet paper. paper you like can't, you yeah, still, I, mean, I went to Costco I mean, last week, still can't fucking buy toilet. It's paper. insane. Even even from the last week, those people that protested in Michigan and stormed the state house with with automatic weapons, yeah. you know, with with rifles. Look, this is sidebar. I'm a fucking gun owner. All right. I own guns. I'll protect myself. But the fact that you like ransacked the Capitol building with a weapon to threaten the governor, you didn't do that because of COVID. You did that because you fucking wanted yeah. to threaten somebody. Yeah. yeah. A weird power play from that community. Like, I'm not sure. I have a hard time sorting that out. Like, yeah, what was that going to accomplish? I Although, no I, idea. they did just, ex- they re extended their stay at home order another like month. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. It's just, I feel like you can look through history and just see how often we relive it, um, relive the same stuff. So yeah, Jews were persecuted like son of a bitch during the plague, just like they were countless other times throughout history. They're fucking, they're history's scapegoat. So the 2,000 Jews of Strasbourg were offered to either convert to Christianity or be killed. Uh, Half of them converted 
or fled the city, and the other half were rounded up and burned alive in the town's Jewish cemetery. So it's a pretty nasty time, uh, especially in Strasbourg, Germany. But by 1349, Pope Clement VI issued a religious order to stop the violence against the Jews. And once their hysteria slowed down, the religious fanatics moved on to next steps. So the question is, what is the justification there? Like, why, if a Jewish person converted to Christianity, would it keep them from, if they were the cause of the plague, why would that keep them from spreading it? It's the one true faith. It's, I mean, it's it. Yeah, God's mad at you for being a Jew. Yeah. The thing that you got to keep in mind at this time, Amac, it was a very, like, cut and dried situation. If you were not Catholic, if you did not adhere to Catholic Christianity, you were going to burn in hell. So my job, my job is by hook or by crook to convert you to this ideology, because if I don't, you are doomed to eternal damnation. There, there is no. It's, it's a very black and white situation. Yeah, it's it's either stance. you're on my team or you're fucked. Hmm. Okay. So this turns to our next part of the religious segment, which is the flagellants. So Christians turn their anger from the Jews towards the Catholic Church itself. Uh, many priests because didn't, save, didn't them. save them. Yeah, many of the priests died of the plague, or when they're when they're heard got sick, they abandoned it and uh, left their flock to die. So this... It's very yep, well said, John. Like mm. get my religious uh, sheep terms in there. Shepherds and such. <laughs> you got one of those, what do you call the shepherd's staff? What is that? Is it cr- crook? Shepherd's crook? Crook, yeah. Yeah. You got a shepherd's crook? I don't. Uh, growing up, we had, uh, call them pig canes and uh it was a cane that you used to <laughs> say pigs you oh. say pimp cane is you call your you call your pigs you call your bitches pigs sh- should have called it a pimp cane no it just looks like a like a, you say, it's just boom. like a cane got you with my pimp cane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Charles! if you haven't seen that x-men skit go watch that one too i don't know what it's called if you can find it, is it still on? It's I'm still sure on it's there. Oh, that was like oh, an yeah. original yeah. viral. That was the, I remember watching that That's freshman in year like, in the Rhino. I'm, I'm the juggernaut, yeah. bitch. Don't I'm you know who I am, bitch? Oh, Charles. <laughs> well, I'll save the pigs. The pig, the pig cane. This, you know, we're off topic. But the pig cane was the thing you just herded pigs with, and it's just a regular cane. So you just whack the hell out of a pig with it. Rightfully named. I mean, Bobby still got one at home. Herds the cows with it. We don't have pigs anymore, so now he hurts cows with the pig cane. This whole thing. All I think of is your your dad standing in the pasture and going like this. <laughs> yeah! Telling the cows they shall not pass. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. <laughs> Bob's the cow whisperer. Oh, I farted. Also, as it turns out, now's a great time to be selling cattle. So... Yeah. Oh, dude, your dad's going to make a fucking you kill. You need beef. Your da- um, cash out. Your dad needs yeah. to cash out. Yeah. This is it. This is as yeah. good you as it gets. You don't come upon this cash another out. time. Mm-hmm. All right. So the flagellants. <clears throat> Not to be mistaken with flatulence, which is farting with what I just did. Gassing. <laughs> flagellance uh, came from a practice that took root from Benedict monk Peter Damien from the 11th century. Now, this monk 
introduced this as a severe form of discipline and or like someone did something bad, they would be uh, they'd be whipped. They, they called it flagellation. flagellation. Yes, flagellation. It's not flatulence. So flagellation being is the whipping of your unclothed back of a person who has sinned or done wrong. Um, now you fucked yeah, up. Now you, you fucked you're getting up getting flagellated. I don't know if that's an actual way they said it, but I'm going to adopt it. <laughs> um, so, and this practice was adopted as an act of religious penance to prove your loyalty to God or some means to seek forgiveness for your sins. So and you could see how this would tie in nicely with the religious tone of the time where people mm-hmm. are trying to seek forgiveness for their sins or supposed sins to make this plague go away. So the flagellants of the Black Death period followed this. They would go to the streets on a grassroots-like campaign to seek forgiveness for their sins and make the plague go away. Uh, in 1349, flagellant groups popped up all across northern and central Europe. Uh, the Catholic Church was not a fan of this because they were kind of saying like, hey, we're going to bypass the church and we've got a, a direct line to God. Like, we are we know God's doing. And if you guys know things about churches that churches like to be the middleman between you and God. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this 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 ties directly into the Reformation that's going to happen 300 years after it. It's the idea that everything passes through the lens of the Catholic Church. They're the only way for you to get salvation. If individual citizens, particularly peasants, are able to, quote-unquote, you know, understand God's word, that takes the Catholic Church's power right. away. And what if you don't need the Catholic Church, you're not going to tithe, you're not going to give them money. The the church yep. didn't like the flatulence and their growing movement, but that didn't stop it taking root with a lot of people. So the flagellants would travel in large groups, generally 200 to 300, but sometimes ranging into the thousands across the countryside. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Can you imagine seeing 1,000 or 2,000 people traveling from town to town? They'd be wearing these white hooded cloaks with red Christian crosses, and they'd be dragging crosses like Jesus going to his... Uh, All right, let's, let's be real here. What do they look like? If we're, K-K-K. If we're trying... Yep. Looks like K-K-K. We're trying to in modern times. You know, something a, else that seems hug. to be reoccurring over over the course of history. <laughs> Feels like every other podcast, we're like, that sounds a lot like the KKK. <laughs> Stormtroopers, did, did, snow troopers we're yeah. talking about. Did, did y'all see that picture of that guy? I I, I want to say it was a southern state. I don't think it was Florida. It might have been Georgia. The dude was at like the grocery store, and his mask that he was wearing was a fucking clan hood. Jeez, that doesn't yeah. keep the COVID away. Hopefully, it just draws it in yeah. on you. That's somebody I could it's let. Linen. I could let COVID take them. That's somebody I could let <laughs> COVID take. I'd be alright with that one. It's breathable. <laughs> Reminds me of that scene from. Maybe my favorite scene from the movie Django Unchained is the one where the they're arguing about the oh, hoods yeah. on the horses. Oh, yeah. The hoods were a good idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jonah Hill in that scene. I can't yeah. see out of this shit. I can't see shit. My wife spent fucking hours cutting like, the holes in these things. Take something that's an incredibly touchy topic and just fucking yeah. blows it up into hilarity. Yeah, they didn't Nobody's good job trying to say that the hoods weren't a good idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they they'd be walking around and in these fucked my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> <You're ripped it. laughs> oh, fucked it up. Uh, so funny. Anyways, so that probably needs to get cut too. <laughs> the the flagellants are walking around in their clan hoods and their clan robes, 
and they're dragging these crosses and they're carrying these whips and at the end of their whips they'd have a couple ends on them multiple ends and sometimes it would like be like cat and nine tails yeah right? it would be like i've yeah. read like cat and nine tails are also like just three throngs so and on these throngs there'd be nails embedded in them to better Ugh. rip the flesh mm. because the whole point here is right that they're there. gonna fucking so like thrash themselves put it in there and then whip it out right? yeah so they're they're going around from town to town they'd, they'd get to your town that you're living in your town and there's no plague here or there's plagues come whatever you're in your town all of a sudden this group of hundreds of men and women show up dragon crosses they congregate at your church and now they're going to perform their ceremony they're coming here to do their new hot show it's a traveling band and uh so wait do they come to towns i guess i never cleared this up do they come to towns Flatch, flatulate other people, or flog it's other just people. Just, they beat just themselves. themselves. It's oh, all yeah. about self-flatulation. Uh, yeah, it's showing their devotion by tearing their own flesh. Yeah, by tearing my flesh, I'm I'm emulating the pain, Suffering misery, Christ, the cr- right. yeah, the right. Christ. Yeah, they're they're re- reproducing the steps to uh, what do you call it? Crucifixion. Like the. It turns out when you embed nails in your back and you rip them towards a crowd of people, you're just flinging the plague yeah. at other people. Turns out it wasn't a good way to not spread the plague. Uh, puts up that on the list of bad ways to spread the plague. So they they get to these churches, they'd perform their ceremony, they'd get in a big circle, they'd strip their shirts down, and they'd start uh, calling out for God's forgiveness, start doing these chants, and then they'd fall flexing, yeah, start flexing, showing off their, their beefcake bodies. Uh, <laughs> They'd fall to the ground, they'd lay in the form of the crucifix, or hold their hands in the air, or lie face down, um, many different variations that they would do. It's all, you know, there's so many different groups, there's no, like, one way they would do it. And then they'd start flagellating themselves or whipping themselves, and they'd start, like you said, just whipping their backs, getting those nails embedded in the, the skin on their back, and ripping it out, drawing blood, throwing flesh oh. and gore all over <clears> the place. Then they'd throw themselves in the ground, start thrashing around, and then like rolling the dust, rolling right? Around, yeah, like get some dirt like up in wild there. animals. That's yeah. that's the way God wants it. Just loving the Lord yep. so hard. And then they'd pop up and they'd just start it over again. They'd do it over and over again, and sometimes for days on, like days that they do it, and a couple times a day, do it for days on days, and look town to town. To be fair, the mental toughness that had to take to continue oh, doing yeah. it, over, like. You gotta throw him a little bit, at least a, a minor prop there for. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll throw a respect out there. I'll throw a, you know, a yeah. tip of the cap. I run for like 20, 30 minutes, and I, my mental toughness is shot. Like, they did that for months and months on end. They just beat hell out of themselves, and they managed to keep doing it. Fair play to them. Yeah, and here's a uh, here's a quote by Heinrich von Herford. Uh, sometime from 1300 to 1370, which gives a better description here. Uh, each whip consisted of a stick with three knotted thongs hanging from the end. Two pieces of needle, sharp metal, were run through the center of the knots from both sides, forming a cross. They were like, really, the devil was in the detail here. They were getting the crosses on everything. <laughs> they called them thongs? Thongs. Right, thongs. Like how it goes up the crack of your ass. <laughs> That's what I would do if I went back in time. I'd take the Cisco song. <laughs> dog, 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 dog song. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm going to be dead honest with y'all. My wife had never seen that music video. Oh. I showed it to her not two days ago. Yeah. Danger life. With his silver, with his silver hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like on the beach. There's just like a line oh, yeah. of, of women laying down the beach. He's just dancing down it. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> so 90 or 
Maybe 2000s. Probably uh, ni- 99. 99. The question is just, could the thong song have spared 14th century Europe the plague or saved them? You think so? Imagine imagine their reaction to hearing the thongs. Might have helped. It would not have done it because they would have seen all those black people and brown people and gone, nope, not today. <laughs> I can't do it. They'd have been confused for sure. Not once, not never. <laughs> That's some bright cloth on that young lady. <laughs> Anyways, whew, that one got way off track. Where were we at? We are going over the th- flatulence. Okay. But at the end of it, you know, they went around doing this crazy shit, whipping themselves, going wild and uh you know didn't really solve anything as you can imagine that wasn't the cure to the plague and eventually the catholic Believe church not. was not for it they uh mm-hmm. they put down the movement the pope uh proclaimed it as heresy and um they don't like it because they were you know again challenging the church and making it seem like there was a, a workaround to going through the church so they ended up turning into uh they Kind of burned a lot of flatulence at the cross as well. They they would uh, no shit. Yeah, they end up burning some of them alive and persecuting Damn. the flatulence as like me better convert back to Christianity. So it was a funny mm. uh, funny turn of the tales there. But yeah, there's some there's some good representations of flatulence in movies. If you haven't seen the movie The Seventh Seal, uh, that's <sighs> a great great film to watch to get a taste of the black plague and the black death and uh the flatulence are represented that there you'll see them in a lot of the black death films or uh mm. media they're they're in there they're also in the life of brian if, I, if i'm not mistaken like they're wearing like black hoods like walking through the courtyard yeah. like, yep smacking themselves on the back mm. so weird all right segment true or two of uh true and false this one's got the religious tone to it. So here we go. I'm going to start spouting them off. You guys hit me with the true or false, all right? God. I'm going to try to not go O for all in this segment. Because I'm over <laughs> I'm over three so far. Hey, Mac, you got to tell us, what's the title of this this one? It's a good title. You got to tell the folks at home. They can't see this. Oh, well, yeah. I named this segment Love Him Harder. <laughs> <laughs> like the Ariana Grande song. Damn, Amac, uh, referencing right. Ariana Grande songs. Ew. Oh. Hey, it, it's a. I think it's common knowledge, at least among my family and my wife, that big fan of Latin music <laughs> and Latin artists. Love it. We're going to call this one Love Him Harder, as it has a religious flavor to it. My God okay, here's the first is an one. awesome guy. <laughs> All right, so... As a part of a very kind, generous act, the Catholic Church would sell you, for currency, a blessed or consecrated artifact that you could put in your home, and using this, you could ward off the plague, the miasma. I'm going true. True, true or false? True. 100% true. 100% true, total Ponzi scheme. Yep. Boom, baby! Exclusively Boom. to make money. Yep. That is completely true. All right. One of my favorites here. All right. So in an attempt to do a mass purge, because uh, that was the only way to get people on a mass level, members of the clergy would procure as much holy water as they had, and they would put it in their sprinkler, their their sprinkle pipe. You know, you guys, you guys never went to Catholic church, right? I have no idea what that is. Okay. 
they had like a pipe that they would put holy water in and they'd shake it. They'd like th- sling it out over the crowd. Oh, is it the thing you know that looks like a ball on the end of a stick? Yeah. yeah and they yep, like yeah. fling it yeah, on like people? A scepter, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. A, like a holy water scepter. So they would yes. walk down and they'd have people come out of their homes and stand on their doorsteps and they'd hit them with the holy water going down streets. Hit them with holy water, purge them of the, of the plague. I'm calling true. True. Or false. true. I'm going false on that one. It's false. That's oh, not true at all. I made that oh. one up. Sounds like something that could legitimately happen, though. Sounds like dead on. Sounds very legit. Yeah, the the religious, like the clergy, they weren't going anywhere near the fucking peasants. <laughs> like they had it figured out. They were staying away from them. Well, in Avignon, all right. a third of the, a third of the clergy died, so they ain't got time for yeah. that shit. They got to fill a spot. Yeah. This one's spicy. Maybe this one may be my favorite. So, all right. So, in order to show humility to God, this is early on, early on in the plague cycle. To show humility to God, peasants, people of the lower class, I don't know if it was complete, people of the lower class, though, would strip down naked, and they would get on their hands and knees, and they would crawl through the streets, and as they crawled through the streets, they would, like, chant a mantra that was, you know, something of, like, a prayer of forgiveness. You're talking about the... That would have probably been Latin or something at that point. You talk about the ripping and the tearing? The heart, yep, the wild, the ripping and the tearing. True, all day. Talk about like, like show of humility was the like purpose. Getting that blood on their elbows and knees for yep. Christ. Calling true. All right. Like, hey, I am. I'm a servant of the I Lord. Go with you, Petey. I'm true on that one as well. That one's false. Made that one up. No, oh, god damn it! Did you get it from the, <laughs> the? What was that show? What was that show we watched? Amen. I got it. Nailed from, it. <laughs> I got it more or less from. Uh, Game of Thrones, uh, right? Game oh, of Thrones. Yeah. The uh, the the, yeah, uh, yeah, the walk shame. of shame. Best yeah. Damn it. I thought that was dead on. Well played, sir. That seemed legit. So we talked about how the plague actually makes its way from Asia to Europe and finds its footing in Italy. And from Italy, it's really going to spread across land and sea routes pretty quickly, making its way to the north and the west, first hitting Spain and Portugal. And then it's quickly going to cross the English Channel into England in the summer of 1348. And those those summer months are actually going to help the plague end up thriving because of the summer heat. In England, it's going to be particularly deadly, killing around 45% of the population between 1348 and 1350. Some towns see as high a mortality rate as 80%. Just fucking wipes yeah. everybody out. Imagine your whole town's just gone. <laughs> like yeah, 20% of the people I, what, In that scenario, better to be a survivor or better to just be somebody who died i feel like survivor man because like the documentary i watched and one of the points that you made earlier that we were talking about the people who survive are going to see their standard of living actually exponentially get better that's true because there's so many less people it's going to completely change the social structure of feudal england and europe at large because there's so many fewer landowners at this point the people who survive are actually going to see their holdings go up in terms of territory that they control, and they're going to see their labor be in much higher demand because there's so many fewer people. Laborers are going to end up seeing their wages go up by two to four times what they were pre-pandemic breaking out. On the flip side of that, like if it's between the six of us, only one of us is surviving. Now you got to live the rest of your life. Possibly a very lonely person. 
Like I mean, I didn't say there That's weren't true. consequences. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I got all this land, though. So you're telling me my wife's gone, you two are gone, your wives are gone, but I own three homes? I mean, I could probably, you know, wipe my tears away with $100 yeah. bills. I'm just saying. <laughs> Damn, cold-blooded. Four times the salary? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I could deal with that. Turns out a lot of uh, high-class hookers will make me forget about my previous life. <laughs> but I mean, what we're talking about hits England pretty significantly, but it's the story at large throughout Europe. The social structure changes because the laborers, the peasants that survived, they're not as beholden to the landowners that they worked for in the same way that they were before this thing fucked everything up, you know? You're going to see peasants that kind of revolt and end up leaving the land that they were supposed to be tied to because landowners, you know, the next town over, the next, you know, state over per se, the next principality over are saying, hey, man, you come here, I'll pay you better. So they just fucking up and leave the Lord that they're supposed to be working. Hmm. In this same situation that we're talking about in England, it, it's happening all over Europe and it's going to significantly change the lives of the lowest class of people over the course of the next several decades. But, so the disease jumps to England in 1348, 49, and from there it's going to head east and north. It's going through Germany, Scotland, and Scandinavia between 1348 and 1350, and it finally hits northwestern Russia in 1351. In these areas, like northwestern Russia, Scandinavia, it's going to hit them less because a lot of these areas are far less developed in terms of the trade routes that they have. And the regions that we're talking about, they're a lot more isolated than a lot of other parts of Central Europe. Yeah, it's a big Some country. cities, oh yeah, dude. Like think about being in like, you know, Northwestern Russia in the 1350s. I don't think you know a lot of people nah. in France. No. In fact, you, know, do you even know that France exists? Yeah, there's not much going yeah, on there. Right? Not much going on. There are some cities that are in the middle of these hotbed areas that still ride it out in relative safety. There's nowhere that's like completely untouched per se, but you you have cities like Milan in Italy or Ragusa, which is modern day Dubrinovic, which is in Croatia, which are far less affected by the disease because they institute isolation rules very similar to what we're doing right now. So Ragusa in particular, they... Um, those who come from plague-infested areas to this city are not allowed into the city unless they spend a month on an uninhabited like inlet of land that's right next to the city. So you had to effectively isolate yourself before you could get in. Hmm. And was Milan where they they uh, developed the quarantine, the word quarantine? Yeah. I remember where we said Quarantino. that. Quarantino. Yeah. Or if we said that already. Yeah. Quarantino comes from the Italian... Uh, it's four, Quar. right? Four weeks or whatever the fuck. Quar is probably Quarantino. some yeah. reference to the... Q U Q Q U A at some level is generally quattro quarter yeah all those are related to four. Well, that's gonna uh, move us along to another topic that I was pretty pumped about when we started doing this episode. Oh, yeah. um, the plague doctors, and I'll admit when we first started doing it, I thought that uh, in my head the beak doctor, the classic plague doctor outfit that you think of when you think of a plague doctor, was actually used during the Black Death, which I quickly found out that it was not. Um, so that outfit that you normally think of was developed in, uh, wasn't developed until the 17th century and it was developed by, uh, Charles de Lorme. Uh, he's a chief physician to Louis the 
13th. And uh, so he created that costume. And that was basically a, it was a long bird beak nosed mask with glass goggles. And in that mask, they had uh, good smelling uh, aromatics like lavender, dried flowers, mint, um, all these things that smelled good that were supposed to keep the, the plague or the bad smells or the miasma like we talked about cocaine, earlier. Just to keep know. those away from the, the mm-hmm. plague doctor. Just a little cocaine. <laughs> Um, and they would also wear these like Just long trench coats the mask. all the way down the, the they, they were beak. having a great time. <laughs> um, they had, uh, they wore these long trench coats and gloves and hats and, um, they carried these long sticks that they would use to like open doors and to inspect patients. So it was really like the first creation of like a hazmat suit and like, uh, an ancient version of like the N95, like the PPE, like the N95 mask, mm-hmm. facial guard, right. stuff that they're using today. This was like the first representation and of that. And it's downright terrifying to look at. I don't know why, Oh, it's yeah. terrifying. In and modern you don't times, know, look you, it up. You, yeah, in modern times, you actually still see the use of that staff. Um, it's actually what's referred to as a pimp cane in yep. modern times. Yep. <laughs> pimp cane. So even though that... Uh, that beak nose plague doctor costume wasn't around during the black death. There were still plague doctors that were, that were prevalent. Um, towns would hire them in areas where the plague had taken root and they would come in as a way to kind of keep record of how many people were dying. Um, the town would pay their salary. So they would help, they'd treat anybody, the wealthy and the poor. They weren't just hired by rich people. Um, but they, they rarely cured patients. They generally weren't, uh, experienced physicians, physicians or surgeons they were generally just like second-rate doctors or they were like newcomers who wanted to get their foot in the door so they took this high-risk job Um, as you can imagine being a plague doctor puts you in the same rooms as a lot of plague victims so it was a a (laughs) high-risk profession um and yeah they would they would often just keep record of the dead they would do um autopsies on the dead especially if it was for like legal purposes if they had to have written you know, exclamations of death for wills or other legal reasons. Um, and yeah, so they just, they were basically just there to keep record of the dead and they would uh, be some of the few people who would actually be willing to go see plague victims too. That's another thing that in, during the plague, like families would abandon their, their the other family members if they got the plague. And sometimes these plague doctors are the only people they would see. I mean, and it also gets so bad that the doctors stop showing up, right? Once doctors yeah. start dying off themselves, don't they basically just say, nah, I'm done. Yeah. 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 These, these people weren't really committed to a uh, code of ethics like doctors are nowadays. <laughs> well, then no Hippocratic oath for them? No. 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 no not back then. I think it was the hypocritical <laughs> <Yeah>. oath. That... <laughs> I mean, one of the things I read about talked about the fact that one of the major reasons that they were so confounded by the Black Death, as opposed to other quote-unquote plagues that had broken out before this point, their rudimentary medical knowledge, they'd come up with remedies that had worked for previous plagues, but with Yersinia pestis, that shit just didn't fucking fly anymore. So they got completely confounded by the fact that all their 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 juju medicine didn't quite do you it. You mean rubbing pigeon's blood on the rules <laughs> didn't, didn't do the trick? No. No. Thought, thought that one was going to uh. cure it. I shit, I shit all over him, and it, it didn't help any. <laughs> so as Petey started touching on, in about 1352, the uh, plague gets up deep into Russia and Moscow. 
starts to hit some of the rural countrysides, and then uh, we sort of see the first die off of it around that time. Uh, I guess you kind of say that it came full circle at that point. It pretty much had ravaged its way up through all of Europe, and it. And this is probably an understatement, but it sort of petered out. It, it kind of got up into the countryside where people were more spread apart, didn't have quite the, uh, the facilities to spread. It had already taken a vast toll on all the other areas. And so it's sort of, uh, we see the first iteration of it's just, just, I don't know, petering out is fair, but it just sort of dies off. Now, that doesn't mean it's done because over the next 350, 400 years, it's going to pop up in a bunch of other places. Um, one of which, I, well, we'll touch on them here in a minute, but one of which is London in, in the 1660s, I think. Yeah, 1660s, and it yep. uh, it uh, gets pretty nasty there. Um, and then eventually, obviously, uh, they, in the I think in the 1850s or 60s, they start coming up, they start hitting antibiotics, and then they really develop strong antibiotics by like the early 1900s, and at that point, it basically is... Uh, it's basically a non-issue anymore today. Although there is right. still, uh, I think, seven deaths a year is what the average is now. I think that's what I read. From your Yeah, something, something like that. So it that, still yeah. does uh, claim some lives, but your, the survival chance of it now is like, you know, 99 point some decimal percent. And basically. <laughs> Nowadays, you just get a touch yeah, of plague. Yeah, exactly. You just get a hint of plague. Interestingly enough, I think in um, uh, maybe like 20 or 30 years ago, uh, they had to shut down all of Yellowstone National Park because uh, they had a plague breakout. Which yeah, is it's those ground squirrels, yeah. right? And yeah, now the, the highest, mm-hmm. the, yeah, the, the best chance you have of getting it is coming in contact with ground squirrels. So, Which, I mean, what are the chances of that? I mean, I don't know anybody that's just like trying to like fr- frolic with the ground squirrels. Yeah, yeah, not a lot of. Shouldn't be touching ground squirrels. That's all there is to it. Shouldn't, you shouldn't be fucking with them. <laughs> Leave them alone. I will, I will say when I was on a uh, hiking trip several years back, we were, we were on this, uh, right by this cool lake and there was all these little like chipmunks coming around us. We were feeding them nuts and stuff. I definitely had some hand to hand contact with one. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't a ground squirrel, I guess just a chipmunk, kind of like Alvin and chipmunks, mm. but could have been carrying plague. I don't could've know. Been. It's what you get for molesting chipmunks, John. <laughs> <laughs> They were just dangling with yeah. my nuts, you know, some peanuts, <laughs> just some peanuts. The most significant wave that's going to end up coming coming back around after the initial outbreak is actually going to be in the 17th century when the major second wave hits. Like uh, in 1629, soldiers returning from the Thirty Years' War are going to br- bring the disease back to Italy where it's literally going to start the same situation over again, ravaging through cities and killing hundreds of thousands across Italy before it makes its way to France, to London, and across Europe at large. In France, it kills one between 1 and 2.5 million people before it drop, jumps the channel into, London, uh, into England. And be- between 1665 and 1666, it's eventually going to end up killing 70,000 people just in London. At Damn. its height, it's killing 8,000 people a week. Just fucking their lives up. That's brutal. Yeah, right? The third plague pandemic is actually going to come out of China again and is going to erupt in the 1850s and eventually end up killing 15 million people worldwide. But like AMAC just said, breakthroughs in medicine are actually going to lead to a more firm understanding of the disease. And in the 1850s, you're going to see Dr. Alexandra Yersin identify the bacterium responsible for the disease, and that's where it gets its name, Yersinia pestis, from. 
Doctors are also going to conclude that bites from rat fleas are the main way that the infection is spread. So by more understanding of how the disease is, you know, spread from humans to humans, they slowly, you know, do away with the significant amount of deaths that we've seen in the past. They do some of that like SVU shit from the past. They're like doing all the, you know, <laughs> there's semen on this plague rat. Yeah. And they track it down. The black light in a room. It's like, yeah, rats just everywhere. You can see the small fleas covered in jizz <laughs> jump from this rat to that cow. My wife still watches SVU, Law and Order SVU, every single week. Has never missed <laughs> Which is just incredible. Yeah, to never me, man, missed because an episode your, of your wife. Your wife is one of the most intelligent people I've known. That show yeah. is fucking bad. She still watches that. She still watches the Kardashians every week. Like, Ugh. she just loves herself some mind rot. <laughs> some mind rot. <laughs> well, since we're already probably well into a two-hour episode, we're going to save our consequences and wrap-up for next week's R&R episode. So come back, guns a-blazing, next week for a quick wrap-up on the plague. Uh, I mean, we wrapped up the plague, but we're going to come back with some consequences and how the world was forever changed by this on our next episode. Uh, for references, I, uh, the main book I read was called In the Wake of the Plague uh, by Norman Cantor. And movies, uh, there's several documentaries, but good movie suggestions. If you haven't seen it, check out the movie Black Death mm. uh, starring Sean Bean, Boromir, or Ned Stark. I think that's on Amazon Prime right now too. So it's I think a fucking, it is, yeah. it's a hot flick if you haven't. It seen is that. an excellent movie that went completely unnoticed back in the yeah. uh, mid two thousands. Does Sean Bean yeah. die? Well, actually, don't say it. Just blink your eyes, John. If if Sean Bean dies, okay, you'll have to watch it and find out. But John's but John's <laughs> blinking his that eyes. well though. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Another solid one is the Seventh Seal. If you haven't seen that, it's like a I, it's it's an old one. I don't I yeah, don't even know what year it came out. It's it's old. It's, it's good though. Yeah, it's like what they based uh, Bill and Ted's uh, excellent adventure off of with the with the Grim Reaper. It's like starts out with the Grim Reaper playing chess with the with the knight coming back from the Crusades, and it's another great plague movie. So the main two sources that I utilized were The Great Mortality by John Kelly. It's an excellent book. There's a lot of really, really good information in there if you want to hit it up. And probably the best documentary that I found was the BBC documentary, The Black Death, which you don't want to pay for it. Go check it out on YouTube. It's readily available. It's a bunch of like reenactments and stuff, isn't it? Oh, it's fucking great. It's, yeah, it's really good. I watched it too. It's a bunch of people like playing characters and talking to the to the yeah. camera, and then they're like, and then he fucking died. <laughs> BBC Doc the Black Death could also be a gnarly name for a porno. I'm just saying. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> all <laughs> the structure is there. The all anal final chapter. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Amac, what do you what are we doing next? Or uh, on our next full episode, we're doing R and R next week. But what are we doing for our next battle? Ah, uh, the next one, we're going deep into the fantasy world, into some uncharted territory. Actually, this one we're going to be based... I think, is this the first one we based off of literature? I think it is. Fully, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, so we're... Yeah, we're, fully. We're, we're going to yes. do the uh, yeah. we're gonna do the Battle of Hogwarts, and we're going to try to take a little more um, mature approach. Analytical yeah, approach. Yeah, analytical, mature approach to what may have actually happened without any uh, J.K. Rowling um, child filter on it. <laughs> Yes. Like I like why the de- why the armies of Voldemort should have fucking murdered yeah. everyone. <laughs> I 
I, I like to think that some of the things in that book are a little more violent than than the the picture that's painted. Like if you kill somebody, if you kill somebody with a magical spell. I like to think of it more like Doctor Manhattan Rorschach than yeah, like what uh, happens than just just yeah than the uh, the vampire that Voldemort fries in the fourth book. Uh, what's a Veda cadaver? Let's just say it, it's a little too yeah it's, yeah it's too nice. <laughs> Well, thank you guys for listening. And uh, again, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, uh, please continue to support us. Leave a review or just come back for next week's episode. It's been a good podcast. It's been good to be back, boys. It's been good. Even if even if the output of this is dog shit, I don't care. It's been a good time. I've just enjoyed doing it. So, <laughs> Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate you slogging through the Black Death with us. It was a nasty time in history and one that we hope to soon not repeat. You know, we'll get through COVID-19. The plague is... It can't, it can't be worse than the Black Death, you know? <laughs> if you haven't heard that before. We need to take that from this. It, it was, there's been a worse time in history. No one had, They didn't have Netflix during the fucking Black Death. <laughs> right. So you're, right now, I know you're just sitting in your house hanging out. So go listen to the rest of the episodes. Take a quick yeah. crack at them. Listen to the episode. And you know what? Drop us a line. What's the, what's the email address, John? Victoricalpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Send us anything. I don't care. Send us We're even saying yourself. nudes. Nudes are allowed now. This nudes, week, you know what? fuck it. <laughs> pandemic nudes send yep. it to us it's allowed gotta be wearing a mask though that's the one stipulation <laughs> yeah bonus points to the person who sends us a picture of themselves totally naked mask over their dong that's it yeah, that's what we're, that's what we're looking for here <laughs> bonus points hope to be back in person maybe soon i don't know maybe yeah. we'll have some in-person ones the studio's missing you guys mm-hmm. although it's hot and clammy up here right now summer months are going to be hot that's how i like that's studio. how i like my studio though nice and, <laughs> nice and hot and clammy i'm not wearing a shirt next time just heads there you up. go no shirts yep <laughs> all right everybody thanks for listening and stay safe in these uh trying times cheers yep wash your hands folks wash the shit out of your hands <laughs>